0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Third Degree Burn. I am Tim Elliott, and I am joined with the entire burn crew today. I have, out in Texas, we have Brian Hughes. Hi! Uh, out in sunny San Diego, we have John Hyatt. Good morning. Uh, up in the uh, frozen Minnesota, we have Dave Thompson. Hello. And in a secret government satellite orbiting the Earth, we have Kirk Greenfield. Good morning. It's humid here in Ohio. And You're supposed to be in the secret government satellite. Come on. The, weather, the weather satellite. You're on uh, Brother Eye. I. I am. Uh, we are going to be covering... Uh, well, I'm going to let Brian take that over because he's got the heavy lifting this week. Uh, Brian, would you like to give us a brief synopsis? Or not a synopsis. Just tell us what we're going to cover today.
1: <laughs> Yeah, we're going to be covering Elswin. John Burns, X-Men, Elswin issue number 13. As you know, Burns has been doing his fan fiction on his website. He's been publishing day by day. Uh, and we know that he has been working all the way up to issue 17 so far. 13 has been completed, and so we're going to go ahead and cover that today. 14 is in progress right now, and holy cow, is it crazy what's going on there so we'll we'll get to cover that today see what everybody thinks except for david he didn't read it I did mr homework it. assignment you did read it i did okay it's great that's a quick you, I thought you didn't have your homework guys,
2: guys twisted my arm last night
1: <laughs> i thought your dog ate it or, or you know got hit by a car or something but you know the thing is there's so many other things that we do want to uh talk about um because, I mean, a lot has happened. Yesterday, of course, was the, what, what do they call it? The DC Fandom.
2: DC Fandom.
1: And um, they did release a trailer for the uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the director's cut. Now, from what I understand, it's going to be four separate one-hour installments on HBO Max, was what they said, instead of releasing it as one four-hour movie. Right. Now, just four hours is like, okay, what do they need to cut <laughs> But still, making a four, you know, a, a mini series. I think that's actually uh, cool, and uh, it, that'll get a lot of talk going. Probably get more word in and mouth than just if it was one movie dropping. What do well, you guys they're,
2: think? They're, they're clearly investing. I think they said, you know, I've heard anywhere from thirty up to seventy-five million dollars into this, and I think it goes back to if you guys can turn back time, and not not in a, a share context, but if you turn back mentally. Remember, there was supposed to be two Justice League movies.
3: Mm-hmm. There was
2: going to be a one and a two. I think this is getting back to that original vision that there was supposed to be two movies to flesh out more of the Flash and Cyborg and kind of bring the you know uh, more gravitas to them coming together. That we didn't get in the original Justice League movie.
0: Interesting. I didn't know they were supposed to, they were going to split it like Infinity War, mm-hmm. like that. I'd say I didn't know that. Uh, I didn't watch the trailer. I, I knew it was coming up, but I didn't I didn't watch the trailer for the, if you can call it a trailer, for the new Suicide Squad.
1: Yeah, now that that one um, really surprised me when I saw all the characters that are in it, including yeah. John Byrne's Bloodsport, played by Idris Elba.
0: I'd yeah. heard he was going to be in it, but all the rest were like, who is that? Who is that? <laughs> <I don't, laughs> yeah, any that, of these characters.
1: The that polka
2: dot man. Like, that comic <laughs> went from one dollar to fifty bucks overnight. Yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. No joke. <laughs> well, you're talking about Superman issue three. Uh huh. Is it three where where Bloodsport originally appeared? Three or four. Three or four, maybe five. Well, anyway, let me, But let me yeah. consult my
2: uh my Andy, brand new Andy. hardcover cover here, and I can Ooh. tell you.
4: Yeah, how is it that you get an advanced copy of
1: that, Dave? It is. He's a dealer, man. It's issue number four. Issue number four. And, I mean, the thing is, David is a dealer, all right? And we all learned this because the first ones we got were free.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We prefer the term retailer, okay, not dealer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. He prefers the term pusher. Right. (laughs) We need, we need more people hooked on comics. Indeed. Hey, when you
5: were watching the uh, Suicide Squad, did anyone go through and say, oh, there's a character that's not going to make it through the movie? Oh, that one's not going to well, make it through the movie. I mean, the,
1: the list is so huge.
5: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: And, and while I like, you know, John Cena, I just don't see him and his character making it through more than five seconds.
0: No, he's, that, no, I, they're is gonna... that
1: the polka dot man? I think no. he's going to be the Slipknot.
0: No, no, he was uh, some guy with a big shiny helmet. He's um, yeah,
1: peacekeeper, peacekeeper. Yeah, keeper. yeah. Well, if they're and, gonna, I mean,
0: if they're gonna cast Cena, he's not gonna die off. That it's gonna be some unnamed, unknown actor that's gonna excuse die
1: off. Me, how long was Brad Pitt in Deadpool two? But that was different. <laughs> that was more of a joke. No, this is Suicide Squad. This is like Strike Force Mortuary. We were about to die. Half these guys are in there to die.
0: Well, can you name the actor that played Slipknot in yeah, the first uh, movie?
1: yeah adam beach
0: oh okay
1: well i I knew the thing is i knew adam beach from uh uh john woo movie um the wind talkers oh okay so so, yeah i i I, you know as soon as i saw his name i was like oh okay i know him you know but uh i'm trying to see you know what you were saying about that book going up in value oh i gotta log in but um just yeah i mean Nathan Fillion in there, and I didn't even get what his character's name was. Um, but, you know, I mean, just a, a large cast of characters, many are just cast to die. It's got to be that way.
0: Well, I saw that uh, Sean Gunn's playing probably some CGI character. I don't know what he's called. Weasel. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Weasel. Yeah, he'll be a he'll <laughs> be a, a rocket-type
2: character.
1: And so he'll get voiced this time by Steve Buscemi or Patton Oswalt. <laughs> that's just a guess.
2: I'm just happy they have a huge roster because if you've read the Suicide Squad comics, especially the stuff in the last uh, since the start of the New 52, people die left and right in those comics. Yeah, and yeah. I know they did in the original 80s run too, but that's what that movie should be. <laughs> and the first but, go around, it really wasn't. And you well, know, uh,
1: John—that's John what they Purse. did with the Scourge, and justice is uh, served. I really like that. I wish they would they they would find a way of bringing the scourge into the MCU, you know, showing up in the various movies, and such, or whatever they're going to wind up doing for TV, uh, could be could be rather interesting though. It, you know, it, it was originally happening in the Captain America book, uh, and showing up all over the place, but that cap was where it was um, really hanging its hat. Uh, now did now. John Byrne himself was talking about the Suicide Squad, of course, because they're using Bloodsport in there. But he says he's gotten a, a pretty sizable royalty check. I was going to say,
2: he, it's a payday for him.
1: Well, I mean, he was talking about the original movie, the first movie. He got a pretty sizable royalty check in there from them for that. Uh, he gets paid for Amanda Waller because mm, he is listed yep. basically as her creator, and of course, as, as one from of the creators Legends. of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, from Legends. And. Um, a- the the thing is is like he's he's like and he, he goes I, I just don't understand I was art robot for those, and yet I'm getting that and here they're gonna use a character he's created you know that that was all his so right. you know maybe you know he said he's not sure how big how much bigger or smaller, his royalty will be for that. Whew. but um, it looks interesting. Looks uh, like, again, James Gunn you know, did the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. We know he knows how to do ensemble movies. We know he right. knows how to make them fun, uh, even with, you know, dark material. So uh, it's something to look forward to. And then, of course, he's going right back and doing another Guardians of the Galaxy.
0: See, I thought he was doing Guardians 3 and then goes Suicide Squad, but I guess it's flipped. He's doing Suicide because it says it's supposed to be out next,
2: next
1: yeah, year. That, I mean, yeah, in theaters only. You notice they got yeah. that, that qualifier in there for that. Well, we well, saw some. Gun,
2: Gun, Gun was involved in a lot of controversy, and he got pulled off. Guardians of the Galaxy,
3: mm-hmm. yeah, and
2: then that's it... where he got picked up for the Suicide Squad, and then then,
3: then they brought him back. They have to pick back
2: up, yeah. Well, we went and saw Friday. Uh,
0: our theaters just opened up. I think they've been open for about a week. So we went and saw Empire uh, Strikes. Are we back. even allowed
2: to talk to you for fourteen days?
0: Uh, oh, it, Corona can't come through the airways. At least I don't think it can. Can't it?
1: We don't know what it can't do. We only know what it can do. It can, it can do whatever
0: the news media no. decides it can do.
3: Uh,
0: we we oh. saw <clears throat> we saw ads for the Black Widow, and oh, a new Pixar type film, but it's not Pixar's, but people that did, uh, into the Spider Verse. And we just saw ads for some else, but stuff that I guess is the Black Widow movie actually looks pretty good, and it uh, it's supposed to come to
2: theaters. So. Yeah, I've shown, you know, I always bounce that off my wife, you know, like, is this is this what you want, you know, in terms of, like, a female-led superhero movie? She didn't really have much interest in Black Widow, so we'll, we'll have to see how it kind of lands with other female fans. Now, I did show her another trailer that came out of the DC fandom, which was the Wonder Woman 84, uh, you know, first look at uh, Catherine Wig as Cheetah in that extended trailer, and she is pumped for that. Hmm.
1: I have not seen that trailer yet.
2: I haven't either. I've seen that no, first one. I have it's seen really the, good.
1: The nice long trailer for Black Widow they put out a few months back, and that really piqued my interest for it, especially when they added uh, David Harbour as Red Guardian uh in there. I was like, okay, now this this is something I can get on board with because I could watch David Harbour read the phone book.
0: Well, it, it's nice. It seems more uh the tone of the uh... Well, not lighthearted the way the Ant Man films are, but it's lower scales, or it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be. Oh, we've got to save the the world. It's it's a smaller story dealing with more kind of James Bondy kind of stuff. So I think Marvel uh, MCU needs films like that occasionally. That's not. Oh, we're saving the whole planet. We're saving our little corner of it. You know. So.
1: Yeah, it's kind of tough though. I mean, you know, here you've got a movie that's predominantly based on russian characters in russia when russia is really not our best friend right now and with with everything that's going on and the the, the open espionage that's happening in that country it makes me wonder if they're gonna if they're gonna hold off releasing again right away they have been very very quiet on what their plans are with with uh, with that movie
2: well the good thing about the black widow character right is that she rejected her her uh her training from the Red Room, right, or her mm-hmm. masters from the Red Room. So, we'll have to see. I don't know what the story is for that one.
1: Well, you know, if if you were interested in any part of the the Black Widow's backstory, you should watch the uh, Agent Carter series. That's um, that's uh, it. Should be available on the, on the. Um...
0: The Netflix, isn't it? Cause it was, yeah, no, it, was, it's, um... it
1: It's either it's either Netflix or Disney Plus, but Disney Plus. There's a character on her named Dottie that basically went through the same process as, as the Black Widow. And uh, they kind of give you a little bit more inside there on that. Uh, and that was one of my favorite characters from that show. I Agent Carter should have lasted
0: it. longer, I think. It should have yeah. lasted a lot longer. I was more vested in that. Uh, than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm not even watching. I know it's wrapping up. I think it's seventh it, season it's, or something. It's done. Agents is it the done? show is still is, on?
1: Is done. No, it, it just, I mean, oh. what, two, two <laughs> three weeks ago. But I lost had, interest in that you know, a long time ago. I did too. I i mean think what? I made
2: it through three seasons or maybe th- uh, three. It's where I they, made... they, they, they uh, go to the planet um, or wherever they went through that slipstream.
1: They... And yeah, they they uh, yeah, because uh, Quake had basically split the, was it was split the Earth or split the Moon in half, but it took them into uh, an area of space where they were under Kree dominance, and um, the, of course it was it at a different point in time, and so they kept traveling back around back and forth in time, and that gave basically the basis for what led up to. Uh, the last two seasons where they were fighting against the Chronicoms and yeah, I, I, trying, to, trying oh, yeah. to save history. Very, very interesting stuff. And, of course, Agent Sousa from the Agent Carter series got to play a big part in the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, really? And and, uh, that, yeah, they gave him, uh, I mean, they, they, they really treated him well, I thought.
5: As an, as, as an old man, or they brought him, no, from... no, they,
1: they started in the, in the 50s.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Peggy so... Carter was really interesting. They, they could have really had a really good ex- couple of seasons out of that. That would have been fun. I
3: thought
0: Ages of Shield just kind of about the time when they started to mimic what was going on with, uh, um, Captain America and the uh the you know the reveal that that SHIELD was uh being been actually being taken over by Hydra. So the the T V show had to reflect that and it became our little band of SHIELD against everybody else. Yeah.
1: And
0: that seemed to be the rest of the tone of the show. It never that got hurt
1: the show. It never got yeah. back
0: to them being a unified unit again. It was always uh uh Clark and I can't remember the act the character's name anyway. Uh, him, Coulson. Coulson and his little ragtag group against everybody else. And then it was constantly that. And I never got, um, or it was always, even when that shield became a uh, kind of, I guess they fleshed out all of Hydra. It was always his, well, I don't really know what's going on and, and I, I'm going to break my rules and I'm going to break, you know, I'm going to go against authority and because I, I can fix it. I'm a it. rule breaker. Yeah. And I got, well, I, I got mean, so sick of that. Is... I got so sick of Daisy and uh, that character. Uh, I got sick of her.
2: <laughs> yeah, I but thought we, her mom was more interesting before she got killed off. But okay, so really... so
1: yeah, there's. There, I mean, they they did some crazy things in there. They introduced a character that was the grandson of Fitz and Simmons. And so here's this adult guy walking around talking to Fitz and Simmons, saying, "Hey, Nana." Yeah. You know. <laughs> But uh, they they determined what Coulson's superpower was. He dies because they killed him like seven times during the course of the series and kept finding a way to bring him back.
4: Well, wasn't he basically? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard that wasn't he basically uh, an LMD? That's uh, what I in, thought. In
1: the last two seasons, he was an LMD. Yeah. And so we've, we've we've moved on, but the, the LMD with the essence of Coulson put into it. I'm gonna change subjects, and I'm gonna take us over to the Batman. The Batman. Did you guys watch this trailer? I did multiple times.
5: Oh, no, nope. I did. Yeah.
1: You know, I've I've been you know reading a lot of uh, people with the same kind of contempt that I saw for Michael Keaton Batman for. Val Kimmer for George Clooney for pretty much. Uh, for for every, for ben
2: <laughs> Affleck. We've seen Robert Pattinson, and you know, I've never watched the Twilight movies, but I've seen him in a lot. He's a good actor.
1: He is a good actor, yes. Uh, and the thing is, the the one scene that everybody seems to be focusing on is the one where he's standing there, and he's got the the raccoon makeup around the yeah. eyes, and they seem to think, oh God, we're going to yeah. get an emo Batman. Emo. Yeah. And I yeah, just yeah, like. You They're know, the idiots.
2: thing is, They're idiots. Watch, he just taken off his mask.
1: Yeah, exactly. If you watch Batman Returns with Michael Keaton at the very end, he's sitting there and you can see he's wearing the cowl and he's got the black makeup around the eyes. And then he rips off the cowl and all of a sudden the makeup's gone.
3: Yeah.
1: And, and it's like, oh, come on. And it's just but right here is the time when they show that it's around there and it's necessary. Otherwise, yep. it's going to look silly.
3: Yep.
1: So yeah, it's just one moment and yet everybody is, you know, all, oh, it's an emo Batman or you know what, what are they gonna say? it's a millennial Batman that's just you know gonna be bitching about everybody else. I, I just I, like I, I was from very the movie nervous.
2: you know, I was I was nervous not for who they cast in the movie, but I, I was really just praying to the DC movie gods to say, please do not make this another origin movie. I cannot take another Batman origin movie. I just cannot deal with it anymore. You know, at this point, you know, uh, uh, people that are, are living in villages, you know, uh, removed from all technology, know <laughs> that uh, Batman's parents were killed. Right. And that's what t- turned him into Batman. Like, you don't need to do this every time there's a Batman movie. Like, give me a break. Well, that, that's but, what the, I... the, tra- the trailer show that that's not it, it seems like it's picking up like his early. Part of his career where he's starting the Batman. Isn't this? Well, yeah, is it it, kind of like Batman Year One? Is that what they're? I don't even know what the story seems is like. It, but I, I was happy to see that, you know, in that in that trailer, he's you know he's he's collaborating with the police.
1: Yeah, Gordon played by my favorite actor of all time, Jeffrey Wright.
3: Yeah, uh, he's super good. Just,
1: yeah, and I mean the thing is the cast is amazing. Zoe Kravitz as Selina Kyle, Colin Farrell as Oswald Cobblepot. Really? Paul Dano. Yeah, Paul Dano, and I don't know if you guys recognize Paul Dano, but he's been all over movies over the past 20 years. A uh, character actor usually plays someone a little psychotic, and he's playing Edward Nashton or The Riddler. Andy Circus is playing Alfred. And then Peter Sarsgaard, who was in the Green Lantern movie, um, is going to be playing the district attorney, Coulson. John Turturro is yep. Carmine Falcone.
2: Yeah. So, so that leads some credence to the fact that, the, you know, if the script yeah. was crap, you wouldn't have had, you know, all those uh, big actors or good actors sign on to a crap project. I just don't, I can't see that.
0: Uh, I may have to take. I don't, I don't know if I agree with that, David. I think sometimes actors that will... They either think it's going to be good, or they—they, they, I mean, you've seen plenty of big actors in terrible movies, but yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I mean, I think I think you're right. It it, it falls it, it goes down to more who is directing it, the story. It doesn't well, all and, rely on the actors such, playing Batman.
1: You know, the thing is, there was a, there was an actor who was sitting there, and he was approached by Martin Brest the guy that directed Midnight Run, who says, "I got a movie a lot like that. I'd like you to be in, and I'm going to put you in with one of the best actors of the day." And this movie turned out to be Geely. Okay. You never know what you're going to get. You just never know.
2: <laughs> Why would you go there?
1: Well, we're talking about Batman, and Ben Affleck was the Batman. I was going six degrees Sp- of separation. Yeah.
2: Well, speaking of which, right, it was revealed that he is uh, Affleck will be reprising his Batman role. I heard that in the, the, the flash. flash. Yeah, And I'm excited for that, because I really, really liked Ben Affleck as Batman. And
5: and Cheaton's going to be in
1: that also, right?
2: I I agree with you. I
5: liked uh, Ben Affleck. I I, I was wondering if he he would be able to pull it off, and he did. He did a really good job, I thought. Killed it. Yeah. I thought he did a good job of being world-weary and being sore, and that's something we don't see a lot. Yeah. Hey, got a question for you. With all of the, the the characters that you mentioned in Batman, do you think it's sort of a subtle, fifteen years down or twenty years later from the Gotham TV series? Since it seems like they're kind of pulling those characters
1: through. I don't. I don't. I mean, again, these are Batman's rogues gallery. They're going to show yeah. up in any you know any movie series. And the the fact is, is that Zoe Kravitz is playing Catwoman, whereas. Uh, you know the gal that played Catwoman in the the Gotham series uh, was significantly different in appearance. And I'll oh, just okay. leave it at that. Okay. Um, and of course, Gordon um, significantly different. In, that's in true. Appearance yeah, you're right. Well. You're right. Yeah. But that,
2: you know that's good. You know, in terms of, you know, they're casting the best actors for the role. Yeah. You know, like Jeffrey Wright as Gordon. I mean, that's going to be he, awesome. Yeah, he's going to kill it um assuming it's a good script you know and that's always the thing that kind of looms over the dc movies is is the script good because i i think you know like most of us henry henry cavill is a great actor if you've seen him in his other movies but they just didn't give him anything to work with as superman you know kind of the same trap that affleck got into at the script which was part of the reason why he didn't want to come back and do another batman um, yeah,
1: and but that leaves me a question on the Flash: Is that is since Michael Keaton is also going to appear in the Flash uh, as as the older Batman, is Ben Affleck's appearance there going to be, you know, supposedly one minute? It's a drawn? Significant,
2: no, supposedly it's a significant role.
1: Okay,
0: okay, wait a minute. So Keaton is playing—he's not playing Bruce Wayne.
2: No, well, well, the Flash movie, the Flash will be going through the multiverse, basically. Okay, I get you, I get that's you. That's how he meets these other Batman. Oh, okay.
1: Apparently he's also going to run into Doctor Strange, so uh, <laughs> we'll see. Oh, wait, that's the multiverse of madness. I'm getting this confused. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys also seen the trailer for um, uh, Henry Cavill in Enola Holmes?
0: Hmm, I don't you know what that is.
1: Uh, Enola Holmes is the story of Sherlock Holmes' little sister. Oh. And uh, Henry Cavill is playing Sherlock Holmes. He's going to be playing a much younger Sherlock than we're accustomed to. And Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things is playing Enola Holmes. And Helena Bonham Carter, I believe, is playing their mother. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it looks like an interesting movie. The trailer's out there, so take a look at it. see what We, already, we already
0: have a wonderful movie called Young Sherlock Holmes. We don't need another one.
1: What's what's the, the technological significance of young Sherlock Holmes?
0: Uh, Pixar's first computer generated image.
1: Yes, that is correct. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, the Manicopie doll. Can,
0: can I go home now? Image of what? <laughs> what image of what?
1: It was the stained glass window that became that came that to was light. A, it was
0: a night that, that yeah comes yeah. out of uh, it. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. I remember. That's a great thing I haven't seen it. That's a great film. I love that film. It's got a great soundtrack. It's got good acting.
1: Yes. Yes. Quite enjoyable. Quite enjoyable. Yeah. The only thing about this one here is they have no mention of Watson or who's playing Watson so far. But so, it looks like the movie itself is done. So at what
0: point did Sherlock Holmes lose all his muscle mass when he became an older person? Because he's always <laughs> been supposed to be kind of lanky and lean, you know, but unless he became Cal- an addict. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, unless, unless, unless <clears throat> this, is, this is Sherlock of 2020. That's right. <laughs> Well, another DC news. So we kind of touched on this when we were talking about uh, Bloodsport. Uh, this Tuesday releases Superman: The Man of Steel Volume One by John Byrne in uh, hardcover. Uh, in the collection, they're including The Man of Steel one through six, the mini series; Superman one through four of the uh, Volume Two, and then Action Comics five eighty four through five eighty seven. In Adventures of Superman four twenty four through four twenty eight, and Profiles from Who's Who update eighty seven.
3: Hmm.
2: Pretty neat collection, about four hundred eighty pages.
0: Why have they not put out? And maybe they have. And and I can well, they don't call them on the bus. They call them. No, they is, do. Do they, they call them on the buses? Yep, yep. Uh, they collect all of his like uh, Man of Steel, his entire run on Superman, all the the adjacent issues of Adventure and. Whatnot? I mean, why don't they have? Have they collected all of that into one tomb?
2: They have a Man of Steel omnibus, and let me pull it up here real quick. I think it's releasing this year. Uh, still omnibus.
4: How much? How much does that Man of Steel omnibus retail for?
2: The one I just mentioned. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Forty nine ninety nine. That's not bad. But obviously, your retailer of choice will give you uh, discounts on that. So yes. Uh, Man of Steel omnibus hardcover was supposed to be released in July. I, I haven't seen a solicit for it or a resoliciting because of COVID. Uh, it's volume one, collects action comics, uh, 584 to 593. Uh, action comics annual number one, uh, Adventures of Superman 424 through 435. Adventures of Superman annual number one, Legion of Superheroes 37 and 38. Superman one through eleven uh, of volume two, and then Superman annual number one and the Man of Steel one through six, and that is eleven hundred and fifty-two pages. See, that's what wow. that's what you want.
1: How that? much is that one again?
2: <laughs> Those <laughs> always retail for one hundred and twenty-five bucks.
0: That's wow. that's still not bad. A lot of times, if you get them on uh, uh, discount comic Services, I would get them. You get them half price or like sixty percent. You'd get them a lot
2: cheaper. Yep.
1: And there's a, a couple stores now that um, I'm trying to remember the name. It's an outlet store, and they just opened up one here off of Camp Bowie. And um, they've got a lot of the, the the older ones, the ones that are like two years old or older, uh, for you know 50 percent off,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you, you can find them. You can find, can find. I know, them you,
0: I know you've got them there, Brian. I don't think they they don't have them here in Vegas. But Ollie's, you ever been to Ollie's? It's like a yeah,
1: it's all that's what I was talking yeah, about. Ollie's, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can they get just some open up down here.
0: Yeah, you can get some. There's one down the road from me when I was back in Texas. You could get some cheap, um, really dirt cheap stuff, and you had to weed through a lot of crap. But there was some, uh, <laughs> well, like with any comic store, you could have weed yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they don't have, Wild they don't dog. have. I don't know if that's. A, <laughs> I bought, it I just bought does that appeal
2: to you is what you're saying. Yeah, I
0: bought that whole miniseries of Wild Dog. Never read any of it. Why I bought it, I don't know. I bought all four issues of it. I guess thinking it was going to be a collectible... I never didn't read
1: it. Did you get a little bit of satisfaction <laughs> when you saw on Arrow that Wild Dog became a regular occurring character? Though
0: I don't, I don't watch Arrow, so I didn't.
1: Well, I neither do I. But I saw it in a crossover, <laughs> one of the like the Crisis on Multiple Whatever. <laughs> they 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 had him in there in a crossover. I like, go, look, it's Wild Dog. That's and yeah. He, if you he's wanna, yeah football pads and hockey mask. Okay, cool.
0: He always kind of reminded me of their DC's version of Casey Jones.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. So the, the other big thing that's coming out this Tuesday, and I mention it, uh, because for those that were reading the tail end of the New 52 Justice League Dark Side War, um, Batman um, is given Metron's Mobius chair, and he asks the chair what the Joker's true name is. And
1: oh, come on!
2: It isn't revealed until eight issues later what the chair actually said. The chair tells oh, spoilers, him there's not spoilers yes spoilers if you don't want to hear the end of, of a big thing of the dark side war the chair tells him there's not just one but three jokers
1: Whoa. oh come on
2: and that book four years later is now releasing called batman three jokers it's on dc black label so there's a little bit of language in there but it's by jeff johns and jason Fabok. I've read the first issue and it's really good. <laughs> really good. Interesting. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Yeah. But you know, the thing is there's so many, you know, mundane's out there. They're going to sit there and go, no, there's just one Joker and Joaquin Phoenix played him and that's his origin.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <Whoa>.
1: <laughs> and I, I'm sorry. I, 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 that's, that's a movie I think should not have been made. And in, in, in all seriousness, you know, to in all deference to Trenus Magnus you know the the movie was a mistake, and yeah, you know, I'll well, say because not, not at the box office it w- it wasn't. You no, know, I mean the thing is because it was so successful that makes it even more of a mistake, because there are so many people now that look at that and say that's the definitive Joker origin.
0: So All wait right. a minute. So he's overriding because you know Heath Ledger was once he, Heath Ledger was a Joker. Everybody's like, oh, he's the best. You know, th- you know, at the time I remember right. there were petitions about. They should never portray the Joker again because you can't. Oh my gosh! Now that's are so to go, stupid.
1: That's my Joker. No, this is my Joker. So they're Oh, well, and that's Bruce the thing. Roberts. You can have you know Caesar Romero is the yeah, first yep, one. Yeah, absolutely. Jack, you Jack know, where does Jack Nicholson fit in on that? But I mean, the thing is, is that you know the all the other Joker stories up until this point had followed certain conceits. Number one, he never remembered the origin the same way. It was always different every time he told him. Even Heath Ledger adhered to this. Number two, Joker did not in any way, form, or fashion have any idea, clue, or relation to Bruce Wayne.
0: No, it's all because, gonna be connected, Brian. It's all got to be connected.
1: But the thing is, what that Joker movie said, inequivocably, is that he knew that well, ultimately the Joker would know that Batman is Bruce Wayne.
2: Um, and know. that well, he's responsible that, but for... But, but that's part of the game, and then that's...
1: No, no, you know, no. For,
2: because... No, for Joker for Joker, that's part of the game that he knows who he is, but he doesn't care. That's how that's how you know much he enjoys the battle dynamic between him and, and Batman.
3: Hmm.
0: I, I do kinda like the idea that Joker is kind of a Dread Pirate Roberts type character that he keeps passing it along to somebody else. That he gets and tired unwillingly of being, the... or unwillingly, yes. <laughs> yeah. He gets
4: it tired of being sense. the Joker
0: and he passes on to somebody else.
1: I Batman mean, if, anyone? He's,
4: if he's hmm. behind white uh, makeup. I mean, it's not unlike Kiss. They replaced two of their members and they gave them the, the same makeup and many fans didn't even realize that they had substituted two other right. uh, yeah. performers. So, in this makes perfect sense in the real world. I mean, mm-hmm. how would you know that it wasn't the same guy? He's yeah. dressed up and he claims that he's Joker. He just has to act nuts. Many of our That's
2: part of the question that came out of that Dark Side war after... Um, he asked the Mobius chair who that what the Joker's true name was, right? And I couldn't give him a name. Um, it it started everybody down that path of you know because Batman, of course, is wondering how can I not beat him, right? You know, I mean, and, and why does he keep coming back again? Because oh, you don't kill again, him again the, the, because you don't cap. Well, the
0: the truth of that is you got to keep selling books. I mean, that's the right yeah. <laughs> the truth. Yep. You got you know see, many of our listeners don't realize that we replaced Brian a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> speaking of which i got a really deep cut for you
4: this concept of having somebody behind the uh behind the makeup was done back in about 1972 in a a made for tv movie by uh, dick clark called the ms mr and ms bandstand murders um and i won't spoil the rest of it for you but uh if you can look it up on i don't know hulu or or netflix or you can find it streaming someplace it's an interesting period piece. There were only two in the series, two movies, and one of them deals specifically with a rock star who never takes his makeup off in public. Mm. And that's all I'll say
0: about that. Well, I mean, look what Lucas did with Princess Amadala. You know, she had that makeup on, she had
4: these Very doubles. Very
0: exactly.
4: So,
1: uh-huh. Wednesday morning at five o'clock... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Cowbell, please. <laughs> so, I think it's about time for us to go ahead and... Start talking. That sounds about... like a
0: that sounds like a, a fighter's <laughs> it's, bell. Who's, it is, it's a boxing who's bell. fixing the Who's going to enter the ring?
1: In this corner is Batman. <laughs> In this corner is the single thug. Now, did any of y'all think that his hitting that thug was just like way too many times? Wow. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the trailer again, and you know that that was one thing I was like, it should have been the kind of the Clint Eastwood way. You know, who are you? One punch. I am vengeance. I am the knight. Excuse me, Dave, David David Weeder.
2: Kind of an I ever.
1: am <laughs> Shoot, I'm Batman. How are you doing?
2: Just making sure he's knocked out. But but I did like when they panned
5: over to the guys, the folks behind him. They kind of had these like uh okay. They scared up. looks on their faces, like maybe I don't want to do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was pretty brutal. Kind of, kind of interesting. I do like the costume. Uh, I hadn't yep. liked the, the images that we'd seen up to uh, th- this trailer, but, but what we saw in the trailer looked really, really good. What's the uh, Batmobile
2: look like? Isn't it kind of a? It's like it's a throwback to kind of the original Golden yeah. Age. You know, it's more of a car. You know, it, a super, it, if super you look at like Delorean.
1: <laughs> if you look at the uh, the issue of Batman where Jason Todd is taking the tires off of it, it's a lot like that one. Mm. Um,
2: I I do like that his bat emblem in the center is detachable into two weapons. Mm. I
1: don't
2: know if makes you me that. miss
1: my old. I had an HHR Super Sport that was all black, that uh, my wife and I bought, and it was the most fun car I'd ever drove because it looked like the old forty style Batmobile. All I needed was just like that big bat head right on the front.
2: I can't picture you squeezing into an HHR.
1: Oh no, it was it, it was like I said the most. fun. Fun vehicle I've ever had. Probably the fastest car to ever come out of Mexico, uh, <laughs> and but it was it was a performance vehicle and it just all black. That the the super sport model just had everything in all nice black with uh, great spoilers and ground effects. It was just a fantastic car. The and best it was just, car
2: ever to ride on the Chevy Cavalier platform. Four well, cylinders of fury.
1: Four cylinders of fury, but it would beat a Cobra. <laughs> From dead stop, man, I tell you. Eighth of a mile. Anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah. You live in a fantasy world. No,
1: bring it my back. Right, my right foot just goes down to the floor, but that's okay. Hey, I wanted a Batmobile, okay? You know, when, when we were sitting there talking about fantasy cars, Batmobile was number one. The, the 66 Batmobile, uh, fact of the matter, was, was always my favorite. And I actually like the Tumbler. Um, I like the Tumbler over the Keaton Batmobile. I'll say that. But uh, still, the '66 is my favorite.
0: Well, the Timber's not very stealthy. I mean, it's just a, it's just a, a brick of a car. You know how you gonna you gonna go covertly go down? You know, travel around the city in that. But Tim Uh-oh. Elliott,
1: you lived in Dallas, Texas. You drove on the LBJ Freeway in dead stop and go traffic. Didn't you ever want to just drive over the cars, pancake them left and right, so you could get where you wanted to go? That yeah, car was perfect for that.
0: I'd
2: rather have the Mach 5 and just jump over them.
1: Mach 5 was my number two car.
2: <laughs> I like the motorcycle out of that. There there was a whole uh, um, like behind-the-scenes thing about how difficult it is to ride that motorcycle. Oh, man. <laughs> it's super hard.
1: That thing looks tough. That, that, that motorcycle definitely did look tough. The, the, I'll give it to Nolan. He made some pretty cool vehicles um in that
2: toy toy sales
1: okay so the book we're talking about today of course is x-men elsewin issue 13 with uh cover it's date England of Ju- <laughs> yeah a cover date of july 6 2020 at 4 5 a.m page one was released well there's no cover uh, to
0: it so it's not really a cover date
1: this is true but it's more jeff, of a release date jeff Tolbert might have made one by now i don't know splash or, page or, date all that's right um <laughs> yeah and uh, I've got a synopsis i put together basically by reading it. Uh, I didn't steal it from any wiki because no one else has done a, a wiki on this yet. So <clears throat> here we go. Issue 13 begins with a flashback. Just over two years prior, Gene Gray is piloting the StarCore shuttle back to Earth. Events play back as the young X- X-Men sacrifice and rescue at the hands of the Phoenix Force. We see once again as the shuttle splashes down into Jamaica Bay and Phoenix arises from the water only to collapse and to be taken ashore by Scott and the X-Men. We jump ahead two years to where issue 12 left off. Dark Phoenix has returned. The Phoenix Force has all but left Alandra and entered Jean Grey's body. What floats before Charles Xavier appears to be Phoenix in her final phase. Cyclops attacks Phoenix from the ground, blasting her with the full force of his optic blast. Xavier tries to get the rest of the X-Men, the Greys, and the Lander to cover. Wolverine attacks, though, slicing a gene from behind. Dark Phoenix responds in kind by superheating Wolverine's adamantium skeleton, cooking him from the inside. The agony overtakes Logan completely, but Kitty Pride pulls Logan's body underground before Phoenix can hurt him further. Dark Phoenix appears to have trouble locating Wolverine while Kitty Pride phases him. She rips the earth up telekinetically, but not before Kitty has taken Logan to the safe room in the X-Mansion basement. Wolverine is still in so much pain, though, that he instinctively swipes out at Kitty with his claws and slashes at her chest. Dark Phoenix continues to look for Wolverine, but gives up when she realizes that he's gone down into the maze that is the X-Mansion basement. She once again turns her attention to Professor X and those on the surface. Storm tries once again to speak to her, speak to the part of Jean that she calls Sister. Jean rebuffs the attempt and knocks Storm to the ground. Joff enters the fray and throws a portion of the rubble at Jean with the expected results as she swats it away with ease. Joff confronts her, asking why she doesn't simply destroy him. She replies he is not worth the effort and swats him aside. Colossus carries the professor and the unconscious Lalandra into the basement where, with the greys, they compare notes on what is going on. Then Colossus moves aside the rubble so they can enter the safe room where Kitty, Pablo, and Carla react to Logan's Slash. Fortunately, Kitty instinctively phased when it happened. Logan's still in incredible pain, though, and then lunges at Kitty and Pablo in the Berserker rage. Pablo's power grabs Wolverine's skeleton and thrashes him about. Kitty calms Pablo to get him to let Logan go. Wolverine falls to the floor, moaning. Colossus opens the door and comes into the safe room, just in time to put his foot on Wolverine, preventing him from getting up and attacking further. Xavier instructs, instructs him to seal the cube, as it blocks all forms of radiation, including telepathic. Cyclops finds Joff, who is still questioning why Phoenix has not killed him. Phoenix appears just in time to ask why he is not grateful. Now Cyclops confronts Dark Phoenix as to why she is not killing. Dark Phoenix assaults Cyclops telepathically, feeding him a false memory from the battle on the blue area of the moon. This time Cyclops sees Jean fried to death in a flame attack. Before he can fully react, Gladiator grabs uh, Scott while he starts blasting him. He punches Cyclops hard. Cyclops' body falls limp away from the illusion and Dark Phoenix as she asks him if he's still sure that she does not kill. To be continued. Well, what do you guys think? Bravo.
0: Very good. I like like Gladiator, too. Uh,
1: Gladiator. Gladiator. <laughs>
2: Excuse me, I'm thirsty. Great, we got Uh, good,
1: good oh, snaps, good, good snaps, Brian. <laughs> thank you, thank you.
5: Well, I I like that he and uh, now I like that he has a that we have a kind of a timeline on this. So the, all of this is taking uh, everything from X Men 100 to X Men 137 at least took place took place over about two years according to this. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah.
5: Uh, now at the beginning of the series. It started like didn't they say that the X Men one hundred thirty seven actually took place a year prior?
1: Yeah. So this is you know, in the two year time time frame, the death of Phoenix is right there in the middle, one year in yeah, the middle. Okay.
5: Yeah. So that means everything from X Men one hundred to X Men one thirty seven took place in a year. That's a busy year. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: How do you feel about that, John?
5: It's a busy year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just when I was a kid, I used to always try to figure out what timelines were and how things yeah. were. And, you know, I used to use the Christmas issues as, OK, this has been a year since all of this stuff happened. But then again, there was too many Christmases. So, you know, um, I always like to try to figure out how the Marvel Universe interacted with each other and uh, what stories happened where. So I, I was a big fan of shared <clears> universes. So that's why it's kind of fun to have this stuff.
0: I want to ask you guys if uh, you thought the first three pages—did we need three pages of flashback, or could we have done that in say a page?
1: I'll tell you, reading them day by day, I actually was kind of like a little down on the on the fact that he had done this. You know, I was like another flashback. Right. But yeah. picking this back up, going back to it, and just reading it on its own. Uh, it didn't detract from anything it gave me you know that the, the standing points of the plot to let me know what, where he's going with this. So I didn't have a problem with it that way. It's just if you're binge reading it's you're gonna kind of go oh, do we have to go over this again?
0: And that's that's my uh, my problem with this whole issue that I want I, I just I've read it four or five times I really couldn't just couldn't get into it because it feels like this is 10 pages of story that he's expanded to 20. It feels a little bit of filler, uh, and it's like, okay, it didn't feel like the story has really progressed much. I will kind of get on with it, and that may be just me reacting to this. I mean, the, the artwork is gorgeous. I mean, there's a few hanky things here and there, but yeah, the story, I felt like we're, I feel like we're just treading water for a while here. Let's kind of move on. And
2: I think because we did such a deep dive on the Dark Phoenix saga, you know, these, not not too long ago, you know, the the panels from the original issues are still pretty <clears throat> strong in my mind. I felt the same way reading it, I was like, Okay. Well, I would weird? think if, you, if if say
0: this was actually took place, say these were actually what were published, then I would think, okay, we're going through this all over again. This is to me hey, <laughs> draw this comparison, but it feels like Secret Wars Two. Okay, we've already done Secret Wars, and now we're right. doing Secret Wars Two. It's kind of and it's not as well done. So it's like let let's do something else. It's, why are we going back to the Dark Phoenix stuff? So, I think I saw the yonder in a panel or two. <laughs> here.
4: I think he's establishing this for new readers, though. I mean, we're long-term readers. We know the original story, but he's very aware that there may be folks following this that haven't been fortunate enough to get the original trade paperback or the original Death of Phoenix or, you know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Gray.
0: right, but I think some of that could be done with some some editorial boxes like hey if you want to know this story go back and check out this issue
2: um, i have a question well, he, could have, he could have done one page too that just said here here's the you know what happened in x right blah, I, yeah blah, i think well, it right? yeah, could be done in one page instead of three yep
1: what yeah. do what do they call the the wood things that like shingles and all that stuff come on when you're carrying them with a forklift
2: pallets the pallet
1: the pallets yeah the skid if, if you look at the star satellite and they've got that hole on the side is it like they're using like one of those wood pallets to block up the hole? Uh, yeah. yeah
4: i saw that too <laughs> i got another nitpick on that page as well as we zoom in <laughs> here we go well no as we zoom in we see gene gray belted in in the uh, in the pilot's chair right yep, yep. watch your belt watch the harness last page last panel rather suddenly it's she's not strapped in
1: yeah and uh, but it's important. open it's open up you can see one of them the shows looks like it's torn away
0: yeah it's getting
4: uh,
1: that, that's it that's it actually like, a, a pretty decent detail cuz that's how it uh, occurred in the the original story okay she wasn't the one that, that that popped it open it popped open either by the will of the phoenix force or just the events that were going on there
3: yeah yeah now this uh, are we
5: oh go ahead john I was just to say, you know, reading it day by day, I kind of was like, Ugh, I don't you know why, why. But reading it as a whole, um, I'm kind of I like the three page. I mean, it was a very good representation of um, X-Men 100 and 101. I mean, it's really I like how he went back and just is honoring Dave Cockerum by um, retelling, you know, re- revisiting those. Key elements in that very important story, which was so exciting back then to us.
0: Yeah, it's nice to see and, his take on Cockrum's work. That's yeah. that's always nice. Uh, Isn't it
1: interesting how this shuttle looks a lot like the shuttle we wound up with five years later? Yeah, I that that I, I just I just find that that very interesting that Dave Cockrum you know had designed something that you know later on we were we were using. Yeah. That's kind of weird.
5: And, and I think Kirk is. Pretty, pretty on with um, he's he's doing all of this for the readers, those who are getting interested today. Some of those folks, they're not going to go back and revisit all of, these, all of these stories. So I think it helps them pad it out. It is padding, pad it out. But it also gives some background so that people will understand more about the story. And I, I think it's I think by expanding it out rather than just doing it all on one page, it's helping us to, again, Care about the character, or care about what's going on, or why it's such an important thing. So and
1: it's giving, us feeding us tiny details we're not even aware of that are yeah. going to be relevant down the road. Yeah. If if you look at the um, the very first image, you know, of course, the Star Corps shuttle and everything. One of the things that's really apparent, and this is is something I was reading on Burns' page, is that uh, over the last couple of years, he's gotten very um, reliant upon that electric eraser. And so you can see here that he drew all this this mm-hmm. darkness and everything in there and then came back on it with the electric eraser to make the lines that show the energy and everything that's going about the, uh, the, the flames and such that are going about the shuttle. I thought that was really, really cool. But I, I just love the imagery of that shuttle there. It's just amazing. And again, just a few months ago, I got to put my hands on one of our shuttlecraft uh, at the Johnson Space Center. So I'm, like, I'm always... Always, uh, interested in, 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 that kind of stuff. Hmm. Anyway, but, uh, you know, as you go down and you look down at the, uh, as you get to the bottom of the page and you start seeing the tack, 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 tack of the, of the cosmic rays hitting the the shuttle. And then you see that beautiful image of Gene's eye mm-hmm. in the bottom left panel and what he's done with that. And he, he was saying how sometimes the anchors would, uh, screw up these details. So I'm glad that we got to see it in its penciled form to see exactly, you know, what he was talking about there.
0: That's a very much of an anime eye. Yeah. Uh, with the with the, uh, the reflection in the iris there. That's that's a telltale sign. the halos, of, yeah. The uh, halos. Maybe, maybe I've missed this, so, so I'm not going to retract what I said. I'm going to stand by my statement. Uh, <laughs> at, you know, the, the last page, before we get to the kind of the... the, the we jump back to the present, you see her you know, she's kind of having birthing pains, I guess. You know, she falls into the water and Cyclops has to go down and uh, and rescue her and, you know, the rest on the way to shore. Maybe that is a parallel to towards the end of the story where he is also trying to save her and he can't, or he's trying to save her again. So maybe that's what Byrne's kind of drawing uh, comparisons there. Possibly. That's interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah that's, that's a good point. Yeah. Deep to
0: deep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, I'm not just a pretty face.
1: And so when we get to that next page where Fe- Dark Phoenix is there and she's got Xavier floating in the air, and you see the Grays and Wolverine and Colossus uh, in that imagery, um, does Mrs. Gray look like she's whitewashed compared to the rest of them? Like maybe her face was added in as a later component? Yeah yeah in fact the way Colossus fingers kind of disappear behind her it looks like she has photoshopped in
0: I don't think he photoshopped it, yeah. but she might, he might have just drawn her with a with a more of an outline type pencil then he went in over it and with a heavier uh a uh, thicker uh pencil more like a probably a uh, heavier lead when he was drawing mm-hmm. the the rest of them Because, you see Wolverine looks a little his outline is not quite as dark as Colossus or right. uh, uh, uh Jean's father so um, it's a, it's a nice, um, uh, it's a nice image. I mean, it's, it's a nice, nice rendering of Colossus. And like I said, the, the, my, my problems with this issue have nothing to do with the artwork except, you know, there's a few things here and there that are oh, kind of yeah. weird. Um, oh,
3: yeah. but the we'll next, to
0: it. yeah, the next page is great with, that's a great expression of her face when yeah. she's ranting and raving and then Cyclops blaster. That's, I can just imagine how great that would look. Um, yeah. That'd be cool if that was all red. Just ink the whole thing in black, and the whole thing is red.
1: You know, but the other, the one thing that's interesting is you look at her expressions throughout this book, and we see the full Jean face. Now, the the very first one where they, where she's holding Xavier in the air and says, "Are you afraid, Charles?" That's a very maniacal face. You know, just everything bright, and you know the eyebrows way up and and everything. But they never ever never once does her expression get as and for lack of better words, I'll say demonic as dark Phoenixes did back in the original saga. And I don't think that's because of inking. I think it, you know, it's just the way that burn drew him back then and drew him here. And there's a reason for it in that it doesn't seem like, um, it, it seems like Jean gray is asserting herself on the inside.
0: Well, he always drew her as almost the, the effect as uh like nightcrawler. He would always kind of shade under her eyes and around mm-hmm. her eyes to give yeah. her that more, like you were saying, demonic or dark uh, feel. But he doesn't do it here. Maybe I don't know if that's something he would rely on the anchor. Uh, well, even
1: her eyes would just become dots.
0: Right. They would be. Um,
1: dots and then shadow. And, yeah. and you know, we never see that in this iteration of the of, the, of dark Phoenix. Yeah. And I think that's because Jean is able to assert as much of herself as she is.
2: I got a question. Yeah, I, on... I, I didn't think her, her her face on that page uh, where we get the title, the fire that's closest kept yeah. was as nearly as good. It's missing something there to to make it have more impact. I mean, because her words don't quite match the expression on her face to me, like it needs to be a little darker because she says, are you afraid, Charles? You know, you, you know, question mark, you should be right with the exclamation point.
0: She's because enjoying that, this. She should look more sinister.
2: I agree. Yeah, she should look more sinister because then when we go to the next page, I mean, my first thought when I saw her face there, I I thought, you know, to me, I think he actually did better in the faces here um, in some of the panels than he did back in his, you know, what some people would say were, or, you know, was like his prime days. I think he's actually more detailed here. And I think it looks better.
1: Well, because back all... in 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 the day, of course, you know he had Terry Austin inking him, and you know the thing is, Byrne has described the difference between their styles as such as that Byrne has a more organic style, where Terry's a more technical, straight to the line kind of uh, artist, and it was that, you know, combination that made the look that we got. Um, so you know, I mean, again, but even 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 so. When he's drawn, you know, the, the Dark Phoenix as evil as she can be, it has a much more menacing look to it than what we're seeing here. And so, uh, you know, I, 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 again, I just say it's it's Jean exerting her influence. But that shot of Cyclops hitting Jean with the the force of his optic blast—that's a real Neil Adams kind of look to it.
0: Mm-hmm. it? Yeah, I got a question about fantastic. the way Cyclops saves himself because. Is he is he pulverizing <laughs> something? So he's got something soft to land on, or are we to assume that he's pushing off the ground to slow his descent. off, he's pushing using off. Yeah, yeah. The blast okay. is
1: providing yeah. That's why he has to brace himself when he fires. But still, we, we saw in the air that he he'd like in space he would sit there and fire and he would go backwards. So it's creating momentum. And okay, it's creating but, force.
0: Right. Okay. So if he's say on the ground and he's firing at a, a truck. You're saying that he that he's a hit the truck and it would push his head back, right?
1: Apparently, it, it, it creates just, You know, the thing is, I've, I've always had questions about Cyclops beam because, number one, when it hits something, it's apparently exerting force on Cyclops. But at the same time, what happens to that beam once it hits something? Does it just completely dissipate?
2: No, there's still beams bouncing around the world today. They never stop. <laughs>
1: And, and and I mean, but that's a valid question.
2: They just go yeah. on forever. I mean, I think
0: the only way it works is if it it projects from his eyes and applies force, but there's no opposite reaction on his head. Otherwise, it would take his head off or snap it back. Right, then,
1: yeah. He'd then have, he whipple, he'd have splat, constant whiplash. Yeah, he would go splat on the ground in that scene right there in the middle panel. Well, he, the should, he should
2: have been Glenn Stacyed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he'd be wearing a neck brace all the time, wouldn't he? <laughs>
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. That that's
5: where we just throw up the old moniker, comic book science.
0: Well, I mean, I think you yeah. could say he looks like he's hitting some, so he could be hitting the ground and making it more like soft sand or something to to give yeah. himself something to. Uh, uh, right, right. You know, right. even even on uh, Nightcrawler, as they they've said that if he can slow his descent, but he has to constantly teleport back up and kind of drain the momentum until he's coming down. But that, that's a nitpick. Yeah. But that's.
1: I liked it better when Nightcrawler had to find an updraft to teleport down. But that was a later Claremont and Cockrum story. Does anybody find
4: a, a significance in the title, The Fire That's Closest Kept?
1: Well, I, I mean, there is significance to the characters in that, but you know, it's only going to become apparent once the storyline is complete. Okay. And, I mean, that's probably going to be at the end of 14 and we're getting really really close so so we shall see now did y'all catch the the robert C- crumb reference on the next page
0: is that chuck that farley yeah i i tried to find out what that meant I, I figured it had a significance but i couldn't figure out what it was
1: there was an old comic strip by robert crumb and they had these two guys and one says chuck you farley and the other one said golly it was it was another variation on it
0: well, I've got another connection because I've well, tried to look it up. Chuck,
2: hold, on, hold on, one second. So Kirk, uh, before I forget, so Kirk, you were right. That sounded that? familiar to me. And that fi- the the fire that's closest kept is a Shakespeare quote. The rest of it goes burns ah. most of all. Oh,
4: okay, that makes sense. Thank you.
1: I thought we lost someone there. Either right. or we just got pained by a submarine. <laughs> So uh Wolverine slashes her in the back, and Burns says that she heals faster than even Wolverine can. So while he did hurt her, he could not, you know, kill her. Such as it is, but then again, Hugh Jackman did X Men Three, but that was an abomination. <laughs> oh
2: <my gosh. laughs> that film's not that bad. Just, just have a know, not that jazz bad here and there. I have the the box set, so you be quiet. I don't know
4: Let's about hear. you guys, but that that Chuck. Chuck that Farley, I get mm-hmm. that it, that it's it's in, it's uh, fitting with uh, how he's portraying Wolverine, but I find that very. Yeah. it just takes me right out of the story to see that. Um, what's it's, the expression? The spoonerism. The 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 cleverness is just. Yeah, he's he's kind I of would have rather he just like, screw that yeah. and, and keep going. It's just it
0: seemed really odd. Yes.
1: Well, I, would you rather Wolverine had, had said what he's really thinking? No, and but he could have used. That's the thing.
0: He could have used it more of a Canadian expression or something. Wasn't he always saying "flaming this" and "flaming that"? He could have. He could have.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, and, yeah.
4: yeah, I did find I it. I
0: just didn't think it fit. It stuck out. It took me out of the story. That's all I'm saying.
1: Yeah, Boy, but the next thing you're gonna going to hear is him going, "Take off, dude." <laughs> no, <laughs>
0: not that bad. But Chuck Farley is actually a character in the Marvel Universe. He was. A bully that went to school with Speedball, and there, somebody must be pulling it from the
2: same source. Robert or, from,
1: yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I,
2: the other thing I thought of too, you know, going back to Cyclops and his eye beams, in the panel that Byrne draws there, I mean, she is blasted hard. How would Cyclops know for sure that he wasn't going to kill her?
1: Well, I mean, I think he's not worried about that. That if he's going to, you know, I mean, if it's Dark Phoenix, and he's got to save the world. You know, I mean, I think his intention is to kill.
0: I, I can't agree. I think same with Wolverine. I think they are
1: beyond. They, they know thinking, what the stakes they, they, are.
0: They, they know what they've got to do. Um, or maybe they they're kept, just, I don't know, hoping for the best. You know,
1: if you go to the first, pa- first couple pages and look at the size of the Phoenix symbol, and then you look at the size of the phoenix symbol when Wolverine is slashing her back, it's like it's it's like a good representation of just how dark she's supposed to have gone. It's like she's really trying to represent that she is is more than she is.
0: Well, I thought that her also her dialogue was a little different. She refers to herself a little differently than she did when mm-hmm. back uh, in the actual. You know, we're gonna call the actual issues. Uh, Right. She, she, there it seemed more, she seemed more of an evil Gene. Mm -hmm. Here she's a different entity. She is Phoenix. It's the,
1: it's the Phoenix forces asserting more, more of the, uh, the id, the ego than, than Gene is at this point. Gene is simply that hand in the background that is, Preventing her from going all the way and just wiping out the X-Men. Is
0: that supposed to be what's... I mean, uh, Joff says it later that there's a like a, a, a tiny sliver of Jean still in there, like a ghost.
1: Mm-hmm. It's more than a sliver, but yeah. Is that yeah.
0: supposed to be what's keeping her? Because they he actually calls it out. He goes, why aren't you just destroying... I mean, you had no qualms well, with destroying an entire...
1: But that was the Lilandra Phoenix. That no, 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 no. I'm talking, destroying okay.
0: Yeah, I'm talking yeah. about no the original Jean when she wiped out the uh, the celery people or whoever they're
2: the, yeah the broccoli the broccoli, the broccoli mar- people yeah I'm the, the broccoli mar- people Asparagus who mourns people. for the broccoli.
1: <laughs> but what 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 the the idea is here, of course, is that the Phoenix Force itself joined with Jean Grey because it saw that she could be a calming influence on her on the Phoenix Force itself, and she was fine. I mean, the power was growing, but the corruption wasn't there. That didn't happen until Jason Wingard got involved. You know, Mastermind got involved and, you know, seduced and corrupted her.
0: But why would this elemental force that that just lust for destruction want a calming effect? Why would it why would it want to uh, uh, join with
2: a join with a human? The Even an
1: alcoholic has a moment of clarity.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The Phoenix is a much more complex entity. I mean, I, I could rattle off of a bunch of issues where it kind of delves into some of the the inter, um, you know, thoughts of the Phoenix Force. It's not stupid. Uh, so I would agree that it's, it's looking for a host that can not only contain its power, right, but can also kind of rein it in a little bit, too.
1: Yeah, and besides, the thing is here, what we're seeing, though, is while she seems unwilling to kill, she is more than happy to torture in ways that are just insidious. This oh, next like page that. where she superheats Wolverine's adamantium skeleton. And, I mean, the, the phrase is used, uh, you know, nothing. your strength is nothing when I can make your metal bones as hot as the sun. Honestly, I don't think she made it that hot because, well, he would burst into flame and fry everybody around him. But still that just you can tell that what she's done to him is so horrid and See, painful. And this is the worst
2: And I was disappointed that Byrne didn't go there because he mentions it or has Xavier mention it. Uh and Wolverine knows that he's betting his near indestructibility will give him time, too. And then, you know, the whole, no. Yeah. Um, I was hoping, because we, we know, you know, much later on in the X-Men history, right, Magneto pulls the admantium out of Wolverine's body. Ugh. I know. It's bru- a brutal comic. Um, I was hoping that she was going to cook him, right? And so we'd get that, that uh, you know, admantium skeleton look and then he starts to reconstitute you know because if she if she is gene combined with the phoenix force then she should know yeah i'm gonna you know kill him but he he can't really die as well, long as there's the, a couple well, atoms the left. they'll come back
1: the then burn doesn't subscribe to that he doesn't believe that he could come back from a couple atoms like the, like what happened in later books these were later writers that were more fans than they were writers and what, what he's always said is that, you know, Wolverine's healing factor is not this super instantaneous take you back from nothing kind of thing. You know, if she had done that far, if, 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 if you know, he'd burst into flame and burnt on the outside, he would probably be months healing. And that's Especially the thing if it uh, was all the way through.
0: Right. And this feels more like the way Wolverine was portrayed later on where he was he could survive anything.
3: Yeah, uh, which they crap. did.
0: They didn't really do uh, when Claremont and Byrne were kind of writing the book that it, he was. You know, he could recover from any kind of mortal injury, but you know, if you, it's it's more. You know how they treated him in the Ultimate Universe, where he was he gets he gets his head cut off and he's still alive, <laughs> and it's and it's like you, it's like your your mutant power is not uh, a healing factor. It's that you can survive. Death or something like that. That's something they gloss over it some way. So I like him when he's a little more uh, vulnerable and not, to your point, you know. Oh, there's a there's a there's a sliver of you know skin left. Well, we're gonna grow another one. Don't worry
2: about it. Um,
0: because uh, then see, what? Uh,
2: yeah, see, I think it's just the time periods we grew up in. Because I I fall on the other side. Because to me, Wolverine doesn't really have anything magical about him, other than he's got adamantium skeleton which the only reason he survives right is because of his healing factors constantly keeping what should be killing him at bay. and he's got claws. but he's teamed up right on on a team where you've got a guy that can turn into solid metal mm-hmm. another one that shoots laser beams, you've got you know telepathy, you've got um, you know matter manipulation. to me that that was his his superpower was, he can he can be the guy the tank that goes in there and takes the beating and beating and beating and beating until he's just a pulp, and come back from it.
0: Yeah, but if if you make him absolutely invulnerable, then
2: there's no there's no stakes left. You know, it's like oh well, oh, but he, you he's know. not right. He's, so I mean, he's not he's really not invulnerable. It's just that he can come back from it. Right. So you could obliterate him, you know. Uh, but to your point, you know, it takes him time. He's not just going to instantly reconstitute. But, you know, he, he, to me, Wolverine is always, and again, because of the time period I grew up in reading comics, to me, he's always been the outsider because he really, he can't match most of the other X-Men that, you know, that have come and gone from the team. He just doesn't have that, that high caliber ability. Well, do you
1: think, do you think in these images that you should see like steam coming off his body or. Yeah, that, that's that's the one thing is like I was sitting there going, you know, it's like if, if he was as superheated as she said, right. you should see some some other out out, you know, outward effect from it. His well, he skin would, have, and he muscle, would have blisters bubbling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bubbling off him. It would,
2: exactly.
0: boil, it would boil his blood. Yeah. right.
1: Yeah. now I love Kitty pulling him into the ground yes. like she did. I thought that, that was really was,
3: unexpected. Was,
1: yes. And and well, well done. Of course, all the argle bargle there that. uh yep. We see the other thing that I really enjoyed is on the page after she where she says this in the the actual panel, the sound effect that uh, he's pasted onto there. And I still can't. Is it for You know, it's just it's it looks incredibly effective. And yet you don't know how it is that what she did. I think it
0: it sounded like a sizzle. I think you would hear him like a steak on a grill. Oh,
1: oh man. (laughs) I'm not going to be able to eat steak for a while now. Thanks. <laughs> oh man.
0: Well, let's, since we're on that page, her face where she says "little fool," that's that's not very good. I don't like the what is the expression. Abner. Yeah, the expression he's uh, going not, for is not, not
1: um, any any um, what do you call it? Any orphan Annie, little orphan Annie. Yeah,
0: it doesn't look like Gene. It does. It uh, the rest of the art works great. I love. Uh, all the detail in him being pulled because i had to read that at first i didn't notice kitty's fingers coming up and then slowly pulling her into the ground i love that touch there yeah i don't think and i'm gonna skip ahead do you think we needed the backstory of her doing it You where he jumps back in time kitty comes up sees wolverine and this get this dialogue of her i've taught myself to swim through the through the earth and she grabs and pulls him down I don't think we needed that page. We could have just cut to. It. I mean, I, I, it, to me, that it, it felt more like filler. It's like, yeah, it, it gives a little explanation as to what Kitty can do. Maybe we haven't talked about how she can swim through the earth and.
1: Well, it's funny because in the, like the last issue, she did that, and she said, "You know, so I can, yeah, you know, go through all this and even sense what is around me." Basically, de- you know, defining her power a little bit more. Though I did like this statement in here that she says uh, there's resistance when she starts pulling Wolverine. She goes, I bet it's those adamantium bones of this. They're totally un- unnatural. And Shouldn't so she's having hot. a fight. Well, that, and again, you know, there's no outward. You know, I, I don't think that Jean made him as hot as the sun, like she says. No, but she, she does later. Him. She
0: says when she's touching him, she goes, he seems pretty messed up and hot. So there is some... Heat yeah, there's
1: residual heat. No. Yeah,
0: I wasn't crazy about the thing with the adamantium. I mean, I don't know if did that was that ever brought up in the actual issues that adamantium because it's so dense was harder for her to uh, phase through or uh, anything like that. So and that that no, seemed like this the, whole
4: he's establishing this.
0: I know, and I don't know if that was something Byrne maybe wanted to wanted to do when him and Claremont were uh, were writing together. or plotting together or if it's just something that's um it yeah. seems like this is established so that later when he goes crazy and swipes at her right. she can say oh i actually felt that and i don't know yeah. what she felt you know obviously it's nothing to hurt her but
1: right but you know the the thing is there's there was a long-standing backstory somewhere that burn had always intended to do this scene where wolverine slashed out at kitty it was um, a urban legend almost you know that that you know he was going to kill kitty uh by Wolverine and we saw kind of a a version of that in the first X-Men movie with Rogue yeah so, so he burn would never so, draw rogue
0: so you're saying burn wanted to have kitty killed off or just have her injured
1: you he, know he just wanted to have that scene whether or not it was to kill kitty off or just to fake everybody out obviously we got it and it was kind of a fake out yeah uh, but, I mean, it, it, here in this context, it completely makes sense. And that page has some of the most beautiful facework, especially Carlo's face and Pablo's at the bottom of the page when she sees Wolverine slash out with his claws and she screams out no. Um, again, more of a, a very Neil John, Adams. John and, Kurt, John and
2: Kurt, where do you fall in this Edmantium and Healing Factor debate?
1: <laughs> oh, come on. What do you want?
3: I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to empty your pockets, sir.
1: Listen, you're not going to find anything on me, okay? Trust me.
3: Empty your pockets into the tray, sir, or we'll have to. (sighs) Your pockets, sir?
1: Lady, the problem isn't in my pants. Okay, now you've seen them. We good? Well, (laughs) I... well i mean the question i think is should wolverine be able to heal back from even just one molecule left
4: or yeah, that's pretty extreme in my book but i've seen later books where they expanded that concept into a six-part mini-series <laughs> so and i, I bought it that's... to my horror but you know <laughs> i it's not terribly important to me but i agree that seems to be extreme i'm satisfied with the fact that he's got a healing factor and it's employed when the the writer needs a plot device. You know, that's enough for me.
5: Yeah, I don't need the. As long as there's a, a fingertip left, then he can reconstitute himself or grow from that. I think that's that's too extreme as well. I mean, but and uh, I also think that this page where uh, Kitty, we had to do this little flashback. Eh, we didn't really need that because, like you said, she talked about it last issue. She talked about it when she was swimming through to get Modoc and you know at uh-huh. the beginning of the series so mm-hmm. um, we don't need to have an explanation every time she swims through the earth or something we don't need a full page so yeah i guess it was like oh i don't quite know if i'm gonna make it through the end of the month here i'll redo this <laughs> Yeah. okay quick <laughs>
2: burn's new six issue series titled kitty swimming through the earth <laughs>
5: <laughs> that that will be a, a, a upcoming omnibus day for you to stock right. at the shop, you know, uh, all of Kitty's uh swimming through something. <laughs> Kitty Pride learns her trade.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, want. when you see that image of Phoenix's eyes at the bottom of the page, did you, I mean, I, obviously with uh, the word balloon in that that reverse uh, uh black and white you know that it's Phoenix saying that, but the first time I saw it, I thought those were Storm's eyes. But I, then again, Storm's supposed to have more of cat cat's eyes, isn't she?
0: Yeah, when I, I, mean, I first thought, I thought it was a kid's eyes. Obviously, they're mm. female eyes, but just it looked the, the the it looks like that's what, you know because the mother screams out and you know the kid reacts. So um.
3: yeah. yeah, it's, it it's is...
0: another fake out. Yeah, she says gone? And you're supposed to assume
4: that oh, Kitty's dead.
1: Yeah, this next page is is a lot of Phoenix there, and she's sitting there trying to find them. And then she makes a comment, I know it is a virtual warren <laughs> down there. And I was like, okay, <laughs> i got to look this up because I've never heard that term. You don't like use that, that
2: in your, your day-to-day conversation?
1: No, no. And, and so I, d- I did a quick uh, definition search, and the definition yes. of it is a network rabbit. of interconnecting rabbit burrows. Yes. I didn't know. You've so never som- seen Watership Down? I don't recall it.
0: Well, Brian, now you know, and knowings half the battle.
1: That's correct. (laughs) Hey, it's a learning experience. Comic books are are there not just to entertain you, but they teach you a little bit at the time. I mean, we've got eight-year-old kids that can say adamantium. That's amazing.
2: For (laughs) Stan Lee, right? There's worse things than making a kid Uh, go to a dictionary and look up a word. Yep.
1: And and anybody that's listening to our show, at least half of them are looking up that uh, Robert Crumb comic with the Chuck Farley (laughs) reference. So you know, people are getting you know more more pop culture infusion than you can imagine. Yeah,
4: they're getting educated, whether they intended to or not.
0: I I don't really like on the on the on the page where she's saying that. I don't like her grumpy face in the upper right corner. That's
2: a little.
1: That looks like John Romita Jr. <laughs> so it, it gives her nope. this weird bridge on her nose, and that's
2: far better than John Romita Jr.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. <laughs> If is she changing? Again, the, there there's is, a there's your pause
4: right in the middle of the word balloon there. Still, I should be able. And then she switches. Like something distracts her. Is that Jean's influence on her
1: distracting now, her? That's her just telepathy picking up what's going on around her with the mansion in disarray like it is. Uh, you know, she's having a hard time pinpointing anything or anyone. Uh, I uh, yeah, for Jean, because she was. Like Jean is like Leona her. Helmsley yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Suzanne Plachette is Leona Helmsley. Uh, <laughs> but um, I mean, the thing is, Jean is exerting her influence. That's why obviously she hasn't killed anybody um, in, in all of this. So she's definitely fighting against that. But, uh, you know, she's and she's, you know, again, she is not as good as Jean is at using her telepathic ability. So sensing them, you know, all of a sudden she's finding them up on the surface and she goes back up there to see, you know, Xavier and Colossus and Joff and Storm and the unconscious Lalandra with the greys. And Joff just still looking as messed up as ever. Apparently he doesn't heal as fast as Wolverine.
0: Apparently he has no healing factor.
1: But this is where they they confirm what we already know, that there's, you know, Gene is in there and it's a tiny part of the phoenix. Almost a ghost, but she is in there.
0: But haven't we established that this is a copy? Yes. Isn't that right? This is not the actual Jean Grey. This is a clone or copy or replicant or whatever we're going to call it.
1: Yeah, they, uh, yeah. Of yeah. Jean. they said that, that Phoenix had copied Jean's body and took over the copy.
2: Yeah. only she's, I can she's know, sitting in the bottom of the river in a cocoon.
1: Yeah. In Jamaica Bay. But mom. the X-Men don't know that. Or no, they no, they don't. they don't know. Okay, so they, they think they're, they're killing it. so
2: if they think they're killing her, they're killing Gene, not just a, a copy. Yes. Okay. Which, exactly. which again is another reversal, right? So I, I brought up the fact that you know, how did Cyclops know it wasn't gonna kill her? How did Wolverine know? Right? We talked about how did Wolverine know it wasn't gonna kill her. Now all of a sudden we're back to I must try and reason with Gene. Well, wait a minute. That's two pages. Two pages ago you guys were trying to kill her. Get on the same page, X Men. <laughs> she missed the memo. Yeah, to me, they, need, I to, they need
1: to work as a team and they're not doing that right now. Everybody's no. going off on their own and doing their little thing. And they always fail when they when they try to go That's off and right. their, their own thing. I, I tell you though, Gene is so beautiful in the imagery that he's put here. Even that partial panel in the middle of the page where she's looking to storm their hairs the way it is. You know, he they John Burn. only John Byrne can make Gene this beautiful.
0: Well, that's a nice sh- parallel shot of, of close ups of, of their of their both of them of their yeah. so their their uh, profile of them looking yep. at each other. Uh, that's nicely done, uh, and then mm-hmm. of course, you know,
2: Storm gets her butt handed to her. But um, and it's, it's, why, it's, it's why why Burn doesn't do more covers for the big two. I, I will never understand because that that Jean Grey in the top right in that panel is just mm-hmm. phenomenal. It's perfect.
1: Yes. And again, you know, his not working for either of them is a personal choice. You know, there are too many people that he's dealt with there that have basically given him, you know, the kind of time he doesn't like to have to deal with. But if
0: he was doing covers, um, he could just—I mean, he would—he would be art robot. He would just be okay, draw this cover, and he would just be cashing a paycheck. But if that's not his thing and he wants to be more invested or or in what he's doing, then I can understand why he wouldn't just. Uh, um and and the the honestly the covers that that are I mean I haven't seen a, a modern comment lately but they don't seem to be the same style of covers that he even his artwork they all seem more painted they seem to be a little more.
1: That's elaborate. why in that that Batman was an issue nine 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 or Detective nine 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 they used a commission of his which was just Batman standing on or, right. or kneeling on top of a was it a. Uh, gothic uh, goblin or something like that right. you know um you know his commission seemed to be more uh in line for what you would use for a cover rather than you know him him drawing you know a, a, you know a snippet from the book interestingly enough um just the other day in his uh, uh conversation talking about uh Elsewhere, he did mention that um that same itch that got him for X-Men Elswin is hitting him a little bit in regards to some of the commissions he's done. And he's kind of like wanting to maybe draw the stories based around those commissions. Hmm. So we may be getting something other than X-Men Elswin here down the road. Uh, he seems to have found a conclusion to this story. And he, you know, he made mention of that today uh, on his form. So maybe we're going to be seeing within the next several issues the end to his X-Men Elseworlds story and then he's going to go somewhere else. What he's doing, he's drawing what he wants to draw. He's writing what he wants to write. And I'm just happy enough that we're getting it like this. Thoughts? Concerns?
5: <laughs> well that sounds fun if he's gonna draw some of those <laughs> stories around some of those commissions that'll be great
1: <laughs> uh yeah i'd like to see you know like the the one where they had ultron but it was not just uh the avengers but the justice league too. yeah so i mean we, we've we've actually got grounds for crossover stuff here i mean it's fan fiction so he can do it and if oh. he can make it organic and and you know a good story heck Go ahead.
2: Yeah, that'll be with great. All the, maybe with all the changes at DC, the door will be opened back up to him again. I mean, Bob Harris is gone.
1: Again, you know, the thing is, is that if he does it here like this, he can pretty much do what he wants. He knows that if he walks into those offices, both at Marvel and at DC, and he said this, is that you have to, you, you live at the mercy of somebody that can tell you, no, you can't do that.
5: Or, or you can't use that character. You have to right. use this one, you know. And you have to use it in this format because we're going to tie a movie to it or something. So, well, yeah. they,
2: they all have their own little spin off books. You know, like I, I mentioned, you know, Batman Three Jokers. Because it's under the Black Label, there's mm-hmm. question as to whether or not it's
1: considered it's not continuity. It's yeah. not. Yeah, and so just we'll like, have to it,
2: wait could be like the killing joke where they say no you know it is in continuity but it gives him an opportunity to just do what he wants to do and have it unconnected
1: it's like kevin smith's books on batman uh Cacophony yep. and in the widening yep. gyre and he's got another one he's putting together right now 10 years later uh <laughs> that he's working he? on well yeah, was, but, you would think but, with... but the thing is those are those are basically outside the batman or they're the the very end of that older batman continuity that's no longer you know, there since what rebirth or new fifty two, uh, again. and that's the way that, the how Kevin Smith felt that he could throw in the, the bladder spasm, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean they're letting him do what he wants to do with those stories just because that continuity really isn't active anymore. So you know, I mean, would they give Byrne the same kind of freedom? I don't know, but he doesn't want to take that chance. And again, all all we do is benefit from seeing this day to day, getting new burn artwork, new burn stories, and you know if somebody else wants to ink it, that's great, and they can put it out there. It's just nobody's getting paid.
2: Yeah, and that's now, that, the thing is that I, that I being would said
1: I, he I will would get like paid get for paid. these pages, though, because people are buying these pages for thousands of dollars. I did approach Chris Warden and ask how much you know certain pages were, and six dollars. Boy. I, uh, if I could that, afford it, I would own it, but I just can't afford that much. Holy, is that funny? People
2: that's complain. why they should be floppies for four bucks a piece. Yeah, people complain so much about the price of comics, and you're paying about a a, a dime still a page. A dime.
3: hmm
2: You know, so that's that's why I bring up the DC part is that with all the changes, I'd love to see Byrne do a black label book and just you know do a three issue thing. Doesn't have to be you know a gazillion pages get something out there printed. I mean, he's clearly showing to all of his fans and to people, you know, high up that make these decisions. I mean, his ability is just as strong as it as it ever was. True, true. You know, there,
1: I mean, there's no loss in form and function of what he's drawing right now. Uh, no, so
2: it'd be nice to see him branch out again and, you know, give us a, a Batman, you know, because I've been saying for years that I, I want a true back-to-the-roots batman detective story
1: but he doesn't like doing detective stories
2: i
4: know that's
1: the reason why he's never done batman regularly so are we stopping now halfway through no, I, 15, was, I, was, I, mean, I was getting ready to comment you know on this next page when joff throws the that part of the house at her and she you know of course just swats it aside and says pitiful she's got resting bitch face there uh it looks a lot like <laughs>
2: you know what I thought earlier of first was the image movie Tim, what the movie it's just like what happened in the movie, the Dark Phoenix movie.
1: Which one? I mean, you're talking about X Men Three, or are you talking about Dark Phoenix?
2: Dark Phoenix.
1: It's Sophie. Remember
2: when she's on her oh. rampage and?
1: No, I don't. I, I I'm I'm blocking out most of that movie, <laughs> <I'm thinking. laughs> except for uh, the scene with Dazzler. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, but but it, jo- it,
2: it it reminded me of that because it you know they're they're trying to stop her, you know, and she's just shrugging it off, you know, and it's like nothing to her. Like you guys are a joke.
1: But I love this here at the bottom, joff with the why don't why do you not destroy me? Wipe me from existence as if I'd never been and she's like you're not worth the effort. It is enough that, that you know I could. Is that a BS line or what?
4: Yeah, she's distracting. She's not confronting whatever's going on.
1: Because, I mean, you know, again, Joff is not an X-Man. He's not part of her family, you know. And for all we know, he's not even a living being, you know. Um, the, the the past evidence, you know, showed him to be a construct of some type. And yet, he, in the story that we've Rocket read, he's, read he, no, he's just read more like a living being than, than uh, I would imagine um, in, in, in this story but uh, she's again not willing to take him out and saying you know that that well whatever you know I mean she just it doesn't make sense other than you know the the morality of Jean Grey is sitting there in the background fighting her
0: and I wish that was a little bit more apparent because that's the only thing I kind of find interesting that is if Jean is exercising some type of a uh, break or a force or a, you know, a, a throttle on keeping her from just vaporizing the entire planet that, that, that be a little more apparent than just Joff saying, well, no, Jean's still in there. You know, she exists as this kind of a ghost character, maybe, um, you know, somehow it, it's, it to me, this strikes a little bit of, um, and, she, and I think somebody said it, she doesn't want to admit it. She doesn't want to say, well, I can't kill you, she has to kind of bluster and say, no, no, you're not worth it, you know. So she's, she's bluffing, but it's like at the end of uh, uh, Charlie X when Charlie, ha- you know, Kirk says, oh, wait a minute, he hasn't killed anybody, has he? Because you know, he'd extended his power to where he was taking on too much. So maybe she's still, because she's still kind of newly formed or re-possession of the body, gene has got more control, so eventually that control, I think, is going to fade and she will become all Phoenix. So I think they know they have to kind of strike when, while Jean is still uh, tempering her, her her anger and her power.
1: Well, you know, the, the I think the overlying intention of this is to fix the damage done by Chris Claremont. And what I mean is that, you know, in the years since the Dark Phoenix saga... Claremont has, you know, done everything he can to keep Gene in the the mind of the, the readers. You know, sometimes it's the sunset reminds them of Gene or, you know, whatever. The color red, you know, from a stoplight might remind them, I don't know. But, and I'm sorry, that was a burned comment that I, I paraphrased mm-hmm. there. But um, the, the, the point is, is that Claremont l- later basically came back with the idea that it was Jean that corrupted the Phoenix Force and made it evil, that it was her humanity that, that made it do all the bad things. And what Byrne is trying to state here is, no, no, the Phoenix Force is what is the corrupted part, and it is the light of Jean's humanity that is able to fight back and, and you know control it for better whereas Lilandra, you know, she uh-uh, no way, she <laughs> wiped out her own people. This this is Byrne basically turning the tables on what Claremont had done and and stating what they had stated initially. It was Jean's humanity that saved the 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 galaxy, the saved the universe, that saved the gal- you know the, us later when Jean was on the blue area of the moon, when the phoenix was there. Mhm. You know, um, it was her humanity that saved us all. And again, you know, if it hadn't been for the seduction of Mastermind, you know, Phoenix would probably still be a force for good on Earth and would not have been corrupted.
0: Well, how did they treat this? Cause I, I didn't read it. The When uh, was it X-Men versus the Avengers? When the Phoenix Force five was when it, the Phoenix was split amongst like Namor and Cyclops. And I can't remember the other three. Never read. Uh, it's
4: it. modern.
0: That's yeah. That's that was a couple years ago. I don't know how if it was treated how somebody possessed by the Phoenix was treated in that story as opposed to this.
1: Yeah, this this one page of Colossus and Xavier. No, and we can hear in. food in your mouth. You can hear food. I've <laughs> swallowed. What are you talking <laughs> about? I got argle bargle in the mouth.
4: <laughs> you love that <laughs> word.
1: I do. I do. It it, it works in so many ways.
4: Do you all have your your bingo cards because
2: Argo yeah. Bargle should be on there. I'm to Argle Bargle you next week. I thought I also thought what Kitty games was are we on at this point. Uh, where
0: are we? Well, well, I'm talking about the page where Kitty is reacting. I thought she was a little insensitive. You know, he's going through a rough time, and she calls him a maniac and kind of lashes out at him. I mean, granted, yeah. she's scared. You maniac. But uh, he's it looks like, it
1: looks like she's in a lot of pain though, like him.
0: I think she. I think she more like she just might have accidentally filled her pants because she, right <laughs> because of what yeah. happened um yeah and he's like and i love the way he lashes out by basically you know hey i'm dealing with something pretty bad here and tells her to shut up yeah.
3: shut up
2: and, and then then that the, just like just like a parent him. you know tired yeah. of the kids talking just loses it shut up <laughs> that's right
0: <laughs> um and i thought the then then uh uh it's Pablo, right? Is that the kid's yeah, name? Pa- Pablo. Yeah. Pablo starts throwing him around, and a little explanation about. Wait a minute, and I and I'd forgotten what the kid's power was. I had to go back and Me look, too. and say, "Wait a minute." Uh, then he he, was, he could just make inanimate stuff. I guess he could create things out of inanimate objects, but explains why he can kind of, I guess, throw away, throw around Wolverine because he's got metal bones. But uh, yeah. so if th-
4: he was the one that made that little mechanical bird fly. No. Many,
0: many issues ago, or was that Gene? No, that was, that was Gene. Gene. He made a, a okay. car into a kind of a robot thing, and he made a rock monster. Um, hey, that
1: car looked just like the... Wheelie? Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch? Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: And It always goes back to Wheelie with Burns. always goes back to Wheelie. <laughs> uh, is anybody else kind of getting tired of Pablo and his mom? I'm like, do yeah. something with him or don't do something with him. Well, it's like they keep yeah, popping um, up, but...
1: And he's know. got that same physical frame that Byrne gave Franklin Richards, you know. Yep. It, Byrne's never been able to draw children. No.
2: And we we, the, we haven't touched on some of the spots in in here that the art's kind of wonky. It, it, yeah, his kid body and face—he just looks like a tiny man. That's always been. I don't, don't mind Byrne that did. at all. <laughs> that he, you don't mind that he looks like a tiny man?
4: <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's it gives the kid some distinction. I mean, I recognize he's a. He's the wild card. Um, this is a continuing plot thread that's going to pay off down the road. I
0: hope so.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it's going to be very poignant to the Phoenix storyline. But uh, I find it interesting, though, in, the, in that one scene where, where Kitty's sitting there and she's upset at Wolverine, that Pablo looks to be pulling on her. Like, you know, like he's definitely interacting with her in a, a specific way. When most of the time he is unaware of what's going on in his surroundings or that he's not reacting to us well. like he's autistic. But there's something in regards to Kitty that always seems to get his attention.
3: Hmm. hmm.
5: Interesting. Yeah, and Well, and that pays off. You show you see that later down there where Kitty's saying, Pablo, you know, stop, please stop, and the boy grows calm. So somehow yeah. he's connecting to her as a, a calming effect or a, a friend or whatever. And uh, real quick, about the, the Wolverine three panels up there, did anyone get the image of uh, the Hulk and Loki in the, in the Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that, but that's that's uh, that's pretty spot on.
1: <clears throat> okay.
0: Well, and the thing is, it's, it that really wouldn't hurt Wolverine. He's been tossed around, but later she seems like he's trying to, almost like he's trying to pull the, the right. adamantium out uh, of him. But...
2: And this page has another wonky art piece, too. In that first panel of Wolverine, his claws are wrong. Um, right, they're you look awfully short, his, aren't they? Well, on this left hand, look at where they start.
1: That's perspective, I think, nah. for one. No, but also, with the kid able to affect inanimate objects the way he does, he can kind of, I don't, I don't want to say bend them, but, you know, think of it when you're sitting there playing with a, a, a paper clip or something and you can bend it a little bit one way or the other without physically bending it. Um, and as he's throwing them around, of course it also gets that wobble effect that you get when you do a pencil. So yeah. I don't know that, I don't know that it's uh, well, his a, claw,
2: his, so Yeah. His claw starts at the edge of his hand. So that's
1: not yeah. right. Yeah. They do look a little, and yeah. the, the well, panel... they, they can come out anywhere. <laughs> Or can they?
0: But it looks like they're right. halfway out, and I know that's been established. They're either out or they're in. They're not. He mm-hmm. can't put them halfway out. So they look—they look a little truncated. They look a little short yeah. in that first panel.
1: Yeah, yeah no, and even in the second panel too.
0: Yeah, but what's worse oh, is that horse face he gave Kitty in the panel right below it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just thought that Tom Palmer had taken a swipe at inking it.
2: Oh, <laughs> <That> horse
3: face!
1: <laughs> oh
3: gosh.
5: So then, so then they, um, <laughs> moving on to the next, they finally open the door <laughs> to a smiling Cyclops.
1: Hey, guys. Colossus.
2: Colossus. Colossus. Yeah. Yes. Hey, guys.
1: Yeah, he does, seem, ugly, ha- he does right. seem awfully
2: happy, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seems out of place. Like, he should be very concerned. And he's like, hey. I love he's that.
1: So... I, I love that. Peter, hold him down. He's like, okay. Yeah, okay, immediately step on, on his on back. Yeah, to step on him.
0: Yeah, just step on him. And I thought the the this is just a weird panel when uh, Gene's father says her nakedness bothers me. That's, that's that, I weird. found that weird
5: too. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I like that, that she's covered in down though, so it's kind of got the effect of feathers all over her body. But still, yeah. No, remember this is this is the guy. If we think back to when we did the Dark Phoenix saga, and he and the wife and the other daughter were there. And he was the head of the family. This is a right-wing conservative man, and so you know he's a staunch, you know, whatever goes to church and and everything. And so yeah, uh, as as Radar O'Reilly would say, the nudity uh, kind of you know makes him uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's seventies porn stash.
0: I still thought it was just it was just that was just to say yeah. for the uh, Pablo's mom to say, oh, she's an alien. But the, the hair didn't give it away. And the feathers didn't give <laughs> that away. But, of course, there are mutants. so I guess you could be a mutant. They are
1: in a superhero household. Yeah.
2: yeah in, instead of that panel, I would have liked it if Xavier had reached into Wolverine's mind, right, and explained to them, hey, yeah. you know, what, what Phoenix did, you know, yeah. it fried his brain. His gra- brain is, you know, growing back or whatever, you know what I mean, like repairing itself. But he's all instinct right now. Yeah. He didn't mean you know, to to hurt you, he's just he's he's animal instinct.
0: Instead, somebody dropped Xavier because he's crawling forward. Right, <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, poor guy.
0: Like.
2: He's like, give me a chair.
1: <laughs> My legs. <laughs> uh, that is tough. That is very tough.
2: This is the, and we're getting now to the panel that I literally had to stop, and I'm like, what in the hell is that?
1: What are you talking about?
2: The cyclops doing like the sh- the shimmy shake through the. Oh. Through the woods. <laughs> I mean, that's so, that is bad. Bad.
5: That is a very strange way to walk. <laughs> right? it,
1: he's no, not even he's, walking he, like
2: an Egyptian. He, he's, you know, he looks oh. like uh, like uh, the Genesis song, you know?
1: <laughs> he's running for one. And, 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 you know, I didn't worry about that. The thing that got me is uh, how low the neck is on his outfit after he pulled the mask off. Or he didn't actually have the mask on, but it, it's sitting low, kind of like that Iraqi general that got caught. You know, they will show him in a T-shirt where it's, it's like almost on his shoulders. It's just very unflattering.
2: <laughs> it's just a bad panel. It really is. Yeah.
0: Um, and we ha- have we established, just, again, another little nitpick, that Xavier says that the room will block all radiation, including telepathy. Have we established that telepathy was a form of radiation? I didn't think it worked that way. H-
1: I mean, isn't any communication a form of energy going, you know, going out, which would be basically radiation at some level of the the electromagnetic band?
0: I would just liked it better if he'd have said the room will block her telepathy, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of trying to midi it.
1: He's just it. he's just trying to educate <laughs> us. For, but yeah, you. I think I think that's a good good uh, <laughs> describing it.
2: And then we get a
1: <laughs> hey,
2: sorry joffy he's just laying in the argle bargle like i, have to, he I almost, have to be honest the first time i saw his face you know whatever two three pages back i thought that was the wolverine's face burned <laughs> but you know well he almost blends yeah in. the almost, same thing he blends in with
1: the argo bargle doesn't
2: he he does yeah
1: I love the second panel though. He definitely looks like one of the gremlins after it's been, uh...
2: <laughs> thrown it in the water. No, fed guy. after
1: midnight, fed after midnight. <laughs> no.
2: um, so you're talking about feeding a mogwai after midnight.
1: Yeah. Then, well, then
2: you get ones.
1: I've got a dog named mogwai. I feed him often after midnight, just hoping.
2: <laughs> just to see if any egg sacs pop out of his back.
1: Mm. Anyway, um, this... <laughs> yeah, I'm going to move on, <laughs> but, uh, do yes. egg sacs make you uncomfortable? <laughs> the um, the images of Phoenix that that we see in the next few pages are different than what we've been seeing earlier because Byrne had been basically darkening in the costume where it should be dark, whereas here he's not doing it. She's making her fully lit. And I think that's tell trying to tell us, the readers, something.
0: It's almost like she's eliminated.
1: Yeah, but, but I mean, it, it's... Again, it's like something's trying to happen here and the Phoenix Force is fighting it. And that's why she is doing these acts of cruelty. First she takes Cyclops and throws his mind back onto the blue area of the moon and is it Starbolt? That's the 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 character. That's the, 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 the Fire boy. Guy. Right? Yeah, he's the Sunboy uh, yeah. anagram and he fries Jean down to the bone just that's a great that's image. a great
0: That that's that's a mm-hmm. i will say that's a great uh that's a great shot of her kind of being you know it looks rem- reminiscent of wolverine the hamilton yeah
3: <laughs>
0: that too um, and and even that that last image
1: on that page cyclops laying there that that of course looks like the the one of the last images in x-men 137 well, right after gina vaporized herself
5: yeah i don't think those two bottom panels are starbolt frying her i think she, that's bringing it back to where she used the.
1: You think that's the laser? Because her I thought it was the. No, no. This is, it... this is this is supposed to be a a different set of events that's happened here. They're being attacked directly by the Imperial Guard, and as soon as you know Phoenix gets a, a vaporized, Cyclops is still a combatant. So Gladiator comes in and takes him out. And once again, the question is, where do those beams from Cyclops go? You know, after they hit, after they hit him, do they bounce off or do they dissipate? What? I don't know. Doesn't matter because Gladiator just punches him with all of his might. Cyclops' head should have gone flying off the body.
0: Ah, oh, he pulled his punch a little bit. Maybe this is a fantasy though.
1: <laughs> it is, and this is of course the the end of this story. Um, and Phoenix, of course, is saying, "Still sure I don't kill Cyclops?" Well, yeah, you didn't kill him he's alive
0: well I, it's 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 almost uh, similar to when he gets stabbed by uh, mastermind mm-hmm. and he falls yes. you know yes. when he's yes. in the yes. thing like that uh i i think if we're gonna if we're gonna uh, subscribe to that jane is somehow in there influencing her and she can't and you know he says you're you know you're what do you say uh uh, you're you know joff is right you're cruel and vengeful you know why are you not killing everybody you know this you're everything gene's not so if she can't kill if gene is actually preventing her from actually taking a life she's doing uh as much as she can so she's torturing people so she's kind of like well i can't kill but i'm going to do is the worst i can so she reaches into his mind and of course we realize he's not going to be dead i think the next issue um, is
1: this phoenix trying to get gene to assert herself is this, you know, the the Phoenix Force saying, you know, I have to do something to get Gene, to to take over once again. Otherwise, I'm just going to destroy everything.
4: No, nah, I don't buy that. I don't know. Uh, again, you know, just it d- a supposition. D- it depends what you means.
0: think. What you know, what is the Phoenix's motivation? Does she is she just right. a destroyer? Does she want to? What is her goal uh, in the universe? Does she just want to destroy,
2: or does she want to? help build does she want to just rule does she want to just have power i mean what I've, i thought the goal here was to turn her friends not necessarily against her but to cut them off from her right like a cult would do you know you've got this connection to these people and so i'm gonna break it well
0: that's true if she does then whatever gene is within her will lose that connection then she'll be free she won't have this yep. nagging thing in the back of her head right. um it's it's a lot like uh, Ilea. you know. They they copied her too closely, so they copied Jean's humanity, you know, uh, human side and her goodness. So that's coming forward. So I don't. I mean, what? that's If this is gonna run, what'd you say, Brian? Another. I thought this was gonna run twenty issues. Is that what he said?
1: Well, I know that he's uh, finished up to issue seventeen, and then he made a comment that he sees an end. I don't know how far that is after that but uh he definitely has a conclusion in mind
0: do we think i mean let's let's talk predictions here do we think that this gene is going to be defeated like in the original story and instead of being uh is she going to sacrifice herself and die and even though we know that the real gene is you know in a cocoon somewhere or is she going to be they can try to cure i don't think they would try to cure her again because that didn't work Is it going to is it going to jump to Pablo and somehow Pablo is going to become that's what I'm betting Mr. Phoenix. Um, Kid Phoenix. Kid Kid Phoenix. I like that. Yeah. Kid Phoenix. Sash and all. Um,
1: Well, the the next issue, which, of course, we're most of the way through uh, adds a lot more to the mix as far as you know, people being involved in the, in the story. Okay. Well, um, I, I haven't so, read it so yeah, don't
0: spoil that. Cause I don't know Yeah, do I don't, right. I
1: don't want to spoil it for you, but I mean, the thing is there's, there's, you know, of course we also have to follow up on the other storylines and they've kept to this storyline. These, this last issue, um, the next, next one is going to jump over, you know, a couple things. Remember what happened to night crawlers and the other in Nightcrawler and the others with the sentinel storyline. We need to go back and revisit that a little bit, but, um, we're going to get uh, more information on what's going on inside of Gene um, and, and, and other you know people that are going to get involved. This uh, is, is, again, not as star-studded as, say, the Sentinel storyline, but it is bringing in some pretty powerful characters.
0: Yeah. Overall, it was okay. I mean, I, I again, I said I, I, I just couldn't get into it. I thought it was kind of, okay, it's got some interesting ideas of where it's going, but I want to get to that. This seemed like mm-hmm. a little like a like a like a little a pause,
1: you know, looking at it the way I did here, um, as opposed to having read it every day, I got a better appreciation for what Burns trying to do. And so I see that down the road, once he finishes the story, you're going to be able to look back and go, oh, OK, this yeah. makes sense. This I, makes I don't sense. I
0: don't know how you guys read this. I would think reading as a page at a time would be frustrating. There it's it, it's that's, fun. That's why
1: I it, don't. It's enjoyable, but, yeah, frustrating, too, because you read the page, you go, oh, 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 because he's doing it almost every page is a cliffhanger. And, I mean, I mean, it's brilliant. But, you know, I, I don't know other writer artists that had done that. I've been asking around about other writer artists and if, are, if there are any today that are worth their salt. And I never really got a great response on any one new writer artist in the last 10, 15 years that had what we had Back in you know back in those days because we had Frank Miller we had John Byrne we had Jim there, Starlin there had... aren't
0: a lot of writer artists are there I mean it seemed to me the the landscape now is Not anymore it's more writer it's it's more writer heavy as they're the superstar and the art is kind of secondary but
1: because certain no, guys no, that it's, came it's... in after all these kind of really hurt the uh, the playing field Todd McFarlane balanced. and Rob Liefeld unfortunately uh, and and Eric Larson kind of. Kind of you know, shook things a little bit. We're, um,
2: pretty, we're pretty balanced right now in modern comics. You don't have... I mean, you've, you've got your stable of of uh, top-tier writers and you've got a stable of top-tier artists.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: um, there isn't... I'm, trying, I'm racking my brain because I read so much. There aren't a lot uh, that can sell a book just based on name. You know, there's maybe a handful, right? Same, you know, both either on the artist side or on the writer side, right. but there isn't anybody, um, you know, like like Burn, where you where they're publishing their own book and you know, and they're the writer and the artist, and it's you know actually you know being printed and put out. Yeah. There's a lot of web comics like that, but not to this caliber. Well, it seems that
0: artists that when uh, when the writer, it always like it shifted, you know, because when I was collecting and reading it was always kind of based on art and the writing was was there too but it was all at least for me i would always kind of go towards art it's a visual medium and then the writer kind of took over and they were kind of said like seemed more of the superstar and the the artist seemed to be even flip more often an artist would not stay on a book very long two or three five issues and then they were gone and somebody else would come in but the writer stayed so maybe that's how it seemed like they were establishing a little
2: more of a foothold Yeah, you don't have too many long-tenured team-ups anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a couple going on, or or were going on. So in the new 52, it was Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Um, They basically did, uh, I think there was like like an annual or maybe one issue that Capullo didn't draw. But that whole run of 52, 53 issues, something like that, is all Snyder and Capullo. And then you've got a new one now with on Venom is um, what's his name Donnie Cates and Mark Bagley, I believe. I have to double check that, but yeah, there's not there's not very many long uh, teams. You know most most of the times it's it's a writer and then they have an artist for their you know four to six issue arc and then it switches up to someone else.
0: And I don't know if that's just demands of the artwork that they can't keep up, so they have to hit, keep switching, or if it's just them wanting to change things up. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't what the rationale behind that is, but it seems to be that the, maybe the complexity
2: of the art. Sorry, Ryan Stegman is the one that's partnered up with Donny Cates on Venom, and they're up to issue 28. But yeah, there's not, there's not many. There's only, like I said, only a few I could think of <laughs> off the top of my head when I was really thinking about it here. Like you know, how how many have have been doing you know more than six or seven issues together? Well, we got any uh,
0: (laughs) final uh, analysis, thoughts, comments, gripes uh, on this uh, this issue?
4: When will fourteen be done? This week. Okay, so do we have another episode following this next week?
1: Well, we got some things on the burner, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we, we actually got, um, a, uh, request to look over some Jack Kirby fourth world. Uh, that was what Nigel White was, uh, was, was talking about that. And we talked a little bit of, um, generations. I think generations is going to be one of those kind of event sort of things. Uh, if we do book one, I mean, the, the, the first series, the second series and the third series, I don't think we could do it all together. I think we'd probably do just you know the first series and then do you know maybe a year later come up for the second series. Yeah, yeah, makes
3: sense. Um,
1: and I didn't see a whole lot on our last uh, issue where we talked about the uh, the Kryptonite, the Krypton villains. Uh, didn't seem to get a lot of uh, back talk, except uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm
2: really I'm really surprised by that, and maybe we'll have to throw it in the intro, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, give us give us your feedback, everybody. Gotta get burned at gmail.com.
1: Yeah, and our, our Facebook group as yep. well. And, and, of course, you know, we look at the – when we post this out, we post it not just into the Third Degree Burn Facebook group. I post it into every burn forum that there is out there. And there's like three or four different ones out there. But depending upon which book was published, if it was Marvel or DC, it's going to go into – various groups out there as well and i'm always looking to see if anybody's got anything you know interesting to say there but there wasn't really a whole lot of uh of, of commentary so i don't know what the interest was or if, you know even the the controversy of it uh you know really sp- sparked anything anyone know, again we're talking maybe it's not yeah, maybe
0: it's not as controversial as it used to be but yeah i would i would have thought we would have gotten more a little more uh, feedback on it
2: well, consider, considering Man of Steel got lit up like you no, know, you know, like a Christmas tree for yeah. killing Zod. Yeah, <laughs> clearly there's a strong feeling there still that runs deep. Hmm. Do you want
4: to uh, review the Man of Steel trade that you were just talking about coming out this next
1: week? Didn't you do that earlier?
4: Yeah, yeah,
2: I talked about it.
4: Yeah, if you if you guys no, have. I, I... I didn't know if you wanted to go through it issue by issue, but that's okay. Don't worry about it.
1: Hmm. But, uh, I mean, again, I think we're, we've are we covered pretty much everything that needs to be covered today. Um, we've got a couple, like I say, a couple items that we're looking at uh, for the future, and I think there's going to be maybe some cross-pollination with other groups. Tim, do we want to talk about that a little bit?
0: Uh is that
1: secret? <laughs> let's let's
0: let that uh let's let that brew well uh uh we don't want to give away let it, let it be a surprise or but, want, uh, let, well, we can talk about it. i don't care it's not like it's a deep dark secret
1: no but i know that, that uh we've talked and again you guys give us an idea what you want to do we've talked about doing some more star trek um of course uh there, there's plenty of room to sit there and look back at Fantastic Four, Alpha Flight, even some more super, uh, of the a, of a Superman run, but there's also a lot more classic work to look at, you know, beyond just X-Men. The work that he did on the Avengers, Iron Fist, you, uh, Marvel team-up, of course, uh, there's possibilities. And what if? He had some what if stories that uh, that people really seem to like a yeah. lot. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again.
0: Well, I'm going to push for Star Trek again because I think with Lower Decks, and Discovery Season 3, fixing to hit, I think, in October or September, October. Uh, I'd like to do some of his uh, his photo books, you know, his uh, Star Trek New Vision. Because so, we, we haven't covered that with, with these guys, so it's just been us.
2: Which reminds me, the trade paperback for Star Trek Picard countdown that fills in the story on his two Romulan companions that he has. Mm-hmm. came out last week i heard that was so pretty
0: good I don't, I it is read very it, good
2: i i read it it was it was very good um so if you if you like the show picard and you want to know more about um how those two uh agents came to be with him and why they are protecting him so fiercely that will give you the insight into that Cool.
0: and where did that appear
2: it's a trade paperback. Um, let me get the title. I think it's just Star Trek Picard Countdown.
0: Well, it's similar because they did a countdown issue leading up to Star Trek 09. I think it was called Countdown as well, wasn't it? That kind of told mm-hmm. uh and the whole Red Matter thing and trying to save Romulus. So,
2: Yep, Star Trek Picard Countdown.
0: Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Well, I don't think we have anything else to say about this, and we've got some... Some uh, thinking to do about our next show is going to be, but you know, it'll be brilliant as always, because that's all we do. Right. Uh, (laughs) Not to pet ourselves. No laughing. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) that's right. We're serious here. Uh, Who wants, uh, you want to take us out, Brian?
1: Oh Uh, gosh. You know, I was just about to eat another gummy bear. Just do uh... it. Just do it. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for listening to our show. Please give us any feedback you can, whether you're emailing us at gottogetburnedgmail.com or uh, giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you, and every review kind of increases our visibility. For Third Degree Burn, I'm Brian Hughes. That's Tim Elliott. That's David Thompson. That's John Hyatt. And in the rear fetal bomb. Excuse me, Kurt Greenfield. Everybody have a great day, a great week and we'll get
0: through this. Yes. X-Men to
3: Just want to watch the world burn.